podcast world. What's up? Back at you, Chad Belding. This life ain't for everybody. Again, humbled by the support, the growth, the success of the podcast so far. We couldn't be more thankful. And I like to use that word humbled. I think humility is huge in life. And I truly appreciate everybody wanting to sit down and listen to what we have to say. Hopefully you're happy with the diversity in guests, topics ranging everything from fitness to training to MMA to military to hunting and conservation to cooking to just living the American dream, living right, trying to make a better version of ourselves every day. And we could not do it, would not do it without partners such as the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships. Get involved, guys. NAWTC.com. $300 gets you entered to try to become qualified for your chance to win $50,000 cash money. And when you do enter for $300, you get that prize package like I talked about before, already valued at way over $3,000 or $300 with a Tacticam, a Gator Coolers Tumbler Cup, broadheads, arrows, anything that you think you're going to need to accessorize your bow, it's going to be in that welcoming kit that I will call it. As soon as you sign up and become entered in the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships, you're going to get that prize package already valued at more than what you entered it for. And you still have a chance to become qualified to win that $50,000 cash money grand prize brought to you by our friends Michael Waddell and the Bone Collector crew down in Booger Bottom, Georgia, as well as Wicked Outfitters in Kansas. This spans for 14 regions across North America and Canada. So if you're a bow hunter, if you have skills to pay the bills, if you know how to food plot, if you know how to hang your tree stands, if you know how to cut your shooting lanes, if you know how to follow in the footsteps of the mighty Fred Bear or the mighty Ted Nugent, if you are a badass archery bow hunter with a stick and string get out there get entered stay humble stay ethical stay safe and let's put this on the map guys the 2019 north american whitetail championships brought to you by bone collector and wicked outfitters today's episode is also brought to you again by our friends at elk ridge knife stay sharp america whether you're butchering processing skinning game whether you're in the kitchen with your culinary expertise or in the backyard becoming aficionado with your traeger grill learn how to cook learn how to be a provider learn how to live off the land come up with awesome recipes think outside the box and always remember that one of your most important tools in your arsenal whether you're a hunter a gatherer a fisher whatever it is a cooker a griller is your knife stay sharp elk ridge evolution i love them they're one of the baddest ass blades i've ever used they keep an edge and they keep us on top of our game guys elk ridge knives elk ridge evolution thank you all very much and last but not least today's episode is brought to you by our friends at gator coolers the mcgeehee brothers are on to something special down in the great state of louisiana Um, nobody said they're trying to reinvent the wheel they're building a brand they're building a lifestyle and they're so good at it cajun boys they sound funny when they talk but god almighty can they do they know they were way around a pot of gumbo jambalaya etouffee they get it they got it going on the coolers are badass the tumblers are badass the color combinations the selection they have check them out at gatorcoolers.com and become part of the gator cooler revolution guys we're on it we truly believe in the product and i love how they support conservation hunting fishing the outdoors everything that we believe in our shooting rights our second amendment rights our hunting heritage let's Let's 
all stay together. We ain't got time for cockiness or arrogance. We don't have time to compete with each other as hunters. We need to support companies that support our lifestyle like Gator Coolers. Brian and Mitch McGeehee, they're special people to us. They become great friends and we support their brand and they support our TV show called The Foul Life, which we get to go on air with season 11, June 29th on the Outdoor Channel through December. Look for new episodes there. Look for new merchandise at thefowllife.com and they support our podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody and you'll see them all over all of our social media, especially on Instagram at the Foul Life TV. We're proud to be sponsored and partnered with Gator Coolers, Elk Ridge Evolution, and the 2019 North America Whitetail Championships. I'm trying to do all this shit out of the box, organic, and just, you know, just word for word, not trying to have a script, want to make it, um, you know, part of what we do. And and I'm hoping that the words are, are ringing true with you guys, that this lifestyle is special and it's much better to get along and do it the right way and promote what this culture of being a hunter and a gatherer is all about. And that doesn't mean that every topic that we talk about here on This Life Ain't For Everybody is going to be wrapped around hunting. But a lot of my network and a lot of our friends and family are in our life because of hunting and the great outdoors and what Mother Nature and the Lord up above has to offer us. So we don't take it for granted. We work our asses off daily because I'll tell you again, if I've told you once, my dad always said you're put on this earth to love your family and friends and to work. You always have to keep your work ethic above everything else in life. Because if you can't get your ass up off the couch and go to work, your family's going to be in some trouble. So remember to work hard. And speaking of working hard, my guest today is another American success story that came from very humble roots, humble beginnings, worked his way up in the business from, I remember working at Domino's Pizza (laughs) and he was there. McDonald's he had a job at when we were younger. And now he's one of the most successful bar and restaurant owners in the entire this entire area of Truckee Meadows, Washoe County, Reno, Sparks, Nevada. And now he's even venturing out into what we call Las Vegas. You're from Nevada? You live in Las Vegas? No, there's other parts of Nevada. I get it. Las Vegas is cool. The strip is cool. But, uh, you know, he's he's kicking ass all over the state. Welcome, Justin Mosco from the Flowing Tide Pub. What's up, buddy? How are you, bud? Glad right. to be here. <laughs> you are here, man. It's like in the flesh. Like, yeah. I thought you'd show up in some of those black and white checkered uh, chef pants. pants. Remember, you used to get them for me for my breakdancing movies and That's stuff. That's right. You, what's going on, dude? Like, you're just you're just blowing it up in the restaurant business and family life. And what? T- tell me a little bit about. You just got back from a trip. You were going where? Florida. You went down to Florida for vacation. Uh, yeah. No uh, cheer competition. For your daughter. For my 12-year-old. So how hard is it to sit through a cheer competition when she's not cheering? (laughs) No, it was good. It was, it's a lot of time for four minutes of cheering. Is it? Yeah, we were there for five days. Little Disney World? Was it it right in Orlando? It was right right at ESPN Studios, or that ESPN place. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome. It's crazy. There's 1,350 teams there from around the country. The things they can do with their bodies. They're like gymnasts and they just do flips like out. Like I would be a little nervous of watching them. Like they're going to fall. Did anybody get hurt? Uh, not on our team, but people do get hurt. It's, it's pretty, pretty intense. Like you think of cheerleading, you think of rah, rah, but this when you know, you, you think of the movie, bring it on. That's what they're doing. It's crazy. What, what is, did they, did they fare well? Uh, they took 12th in their flight, I guess. And the top 10 went on to the finals. So they, they did good. 
What, so what do they consist of? Are they, is it like, obviously the choreography of that is very important. They can't get out of time. They got to be in sync with each other. Plus the difficulty level of difficulty with their stunts, their flips, their throws. Um, they're, 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 some are doing the splits while somebody's doing a backflip. Um, it's awesome. almost like a dance routine put into cheer or is cheer just cheer? Do they actually get up there and have to do a cheer? Oh, it's a huge, no, it's, it's a huge routine. She's part of a, it's a group called five star athletics. And she's on a level three team and they totally have a routine. They work on it. It's a year round team and they have competitions throughout the year. They were in Portland and Dallas. So they travel all over and then they qualified for the summits, which are in Florida. And it's, it's crazy. It's, it's for, they're good. There's some good teams out there. So it, it held your interest for five days. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> I'm for, not, I'm not going to put you under oath here, but I know four that, minutes. <laughs> it held my interest <laughs> for minutes. So the whole five days, she only got four minutes to cheer. Yeah. They, they cheered on Thursday and then if they made it, the finals were Friday. And so we stayed a couple extra days. Did they go back and watch the finals? Uh, no. Did you take her to see Mickey? No, uh, we went to Disney world you and did? Epcot and all those. Have you been to Disney world? Yes. Crazy. 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 Amazing American iconic brand. Wow. What about what happened there a couple of years ago with that kid, that two-year-old or whatever that walked into that pond? You know what I'm referring to? Mm -mm. You don't? Mm -mm. It's all over the national news. There was some part of the resort down there to where like around the hotel or the Disney resort there, there's like these uh, little ponds and lakes and they have signs all up that say, beware of the alligators. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And that mom and dad were sitting yes. on the beach and that baby kind of walked yes. into the, sh like an inch of water and that alligator come up and they never saw the baby again. I don't yeah, think. I don't, there's, I don't like that. It's crazy no. to think like you could actually have humans in that water and no, like you would think that if Disney was going to spend that much money to bring that much tourism into the area, that they would at least eradicate the, the potential threat of gators. Now that doesn't mean you have to kill them. You could relocate them, but it might be hard with as much as they mate and the eggs they lay to try to get rid of them all. But you think about like Disney world's like this happy place and this family's there. And then all of a sudden their world's turned upside down. Yeah, no, I, you just, I was talking to someone who lives out there. I'm like, how do you let your kids walk around. I mean, could you imagine if you lived anywhere near that? Like just look over, there's a freaking alligator. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're overran in Florida. No, it's crazy. It's the iguana lizards. Now they're saying that the pythons, I think I just heard a number. Oh, don't quote me on this. I wish I had more evidence right now. I think it's between 300 and 400,000 pythons are in the state of Florida now. And I believe that they were released from like, a, you know, a guy would get one at the pet shop. It would get too big. He couldn't take care of it. Boom, into the wild. He starts mating. And then all of a sudden, these these pythons are over. They kill animals. They kill people. They're overran with pythons. So that number might be way too high. But I don't know. I, I got to look that up. But Florida is the is the sportsman's paradise. But like I, I've done the the Army Ranger training down there in Florida, and one of the things is the snake the snake training. You got to go through and educate yourself on every potential poisonous snakes so you know what to do if you get bit if you get struck if you come across and encounter one of these snakes they got they 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 train you in 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 all these rattlesnakes and these pythons and all the poisonous ones and do you I, hunt snakes yet um i've hunted snakes i've eaten rattlesnake i don't mm. think i don't have a problem with snakes i always tell people everybody it's like the coyote they're always like f a coyote f. well i'm like why would you hate on an animal so bad we moved into their country Absolutely. into their land we developed all the where we're sitting right now 10 years ago 15 years ago this shit wasn't here oh, yeah. it was overran with coyotes we come in we build all these fences we have our yards we put our puppies in the backyard our cats the next thing you know a coyote jumps over a fence or digs underneath one and then you go down to the local supermarket and you see all these signs reward freddie the cat's <laughs> missing like that cat ain't never coming back yeah. and and that's the thing is that every 
everybody wants to first blame the coyote, but I'm like, no, we got to be responsible. We moved into their territory. And then everybody's like, well, don't have predator management. You shouldn't kill coyotes. I'm like, in one instance, you're bitching because you're losing your cats and dogs. And then you don't want predator hunters to go out and spend their time and money and volunteer to keep them under you know, control with, with predator management techniques and practices. It's like a no-win situation. So I look at snakes the same way. When I hear somebody in the state of Nevada go, I and hate rattlesnakes, I'm like, whoa wait a minute, they're, they're like an American icon. I'm not saying that you, you don't have to be, you know, be on edge or be a little bit of afraid of them. You have to be aware. You don't, I don't, I'm not going to go out and just kill a rattlesnake for the hell of it. Cause he climbed into my yard. I live in the freaking desert. So I look at it like I'm not doing anybody any justice. We will catch that snake and go relocate them. And then I hear of people like that'll actually kill a bull snake. And I'm like, you understand that bull snakes eat rattlesnakes. They keep the rattlesnake population in check, but you'll still just go out and kill a freaking bull snake for the hell of it. It's just I, all this shit's running through my head. It's crazy what's going on in my head, Moscow. Yeah, no, the alligator thing in Florida was like scary to think about. I mean, even, even, even walking by the pool, I'm thinking, what if an alligator comes out of this pool? And, you, <laughs> and the thing about being somewhere like... If you're hunting alligators, you can see their eyes and you can, you can, um, visually see where they're at and know, Hey, there's gators in this water in Florida, Louisiana. It's safe to assume gators are in this water. You go to like place like Monroe, Louisiana, the high school, West Monroe high school, I believe it's called, or maybe it's just Monroe. There's a bayou right there. And there's gators literally across the street from this high school. So I'm looking at it kind of like it's our responsibility to keep people safe. We can't just go in and eradicate and get rid of them. We have to keep them in control. But I've hunted gators. I've been in Florida. I've had Florida alligator tags. I've killed Florida alligators. I have stories about Florida alligators. I love eating alligator tail meat in the lower jaw meat. I freaking love the way Cajuns do it. My buddy Brett Cannon and Tim Maddock and, and Kit down in Florida, they cook it up. It's delicious. But I also have the ideology of like... I don't need to go on another alligator hunt just to kill one. I will, I will go and take somebody for their first time and make sure that they're kept in check and the management's there because it has to happen. Right. And I'll eat their meat, but I don't really need to be that guy. I feel the same about cougar hunting. I've done it. I've chased them. I'd rather just go with you if you wanted to do it and see how the anticipation right. and the adrenaline and watch the dogs work. I don't need to pull the trigger or pull the bow back anymore on a cougar. I'll shoot every mallard duck that I can in a good ethical way because duck hunting has me wrapped up. But the cougar hunting and that stuff, I believe in it. I, I, I'm all for it. I think it's awesome. We need to keep them in check, especially in a state like this. And then next door in California, they're protected. So a lot of those cats come to Nevada off the Warner Mountains around Eagleville, Modoc County. Um, there's just a whole bunch of things that, that you have to look at. So whose fault was it that that kid was put in harm's way? There's signs that say alligators in the water, beware. And then you're sitting there, you, you're thinking, oh, this little kid's just crawling in, in an inch of water. I would never let my two-year-old not, I'd be there with him to where at least I'd have a chance to grab him and yank him up and get him out of this, that stretched out mouth of that gator. Because one bite on a two-year-old, good night. Oh. You'll never see him and again. The, and the kid's going to walk up the alligator, think it's cute. If, if, yeah, if they, if they see it coming. But that's where I was going with that is that, think about that, in the ocean, in the waters, you're in their world, man. When I'm up in the mountains, at least I can be aware and have a chance to spot an animal that might be out. You know, an eagle's above me. He's not going to come down and strike me. Probably a cougar's up in a tree. You hear seldomly that they'll jump out of a tree on a human being. But gators, they see your feet kicking. That's a fish to them. Oh. They Sharks that see a little blood or see feet well, that, kicking, that's a fish to them. The shark thing, we were, I was in Maui, and uh, the person I was with kept asking, hey, are there sharks in this water? And the waiter at this place said the best thing I've ever heard. He said, hey, 
taste the water. If it's salty, there's sharks in it. <laughs> I was like, perfect. It's the best I'd ever, best analogy I'd ever heard. He said, he said that if you taste the water and it's salty, there's sharks in there. I wonder if that's true. Well, Pyramid Lake's got salt in it. Yeah, but I mean, it was like, oh, there's sharks oh, over she- here, there's sharks over here. And the guy's like, I hear this all the time. Taste the water. If there's sharks, if it's salty, there's sharks in the water. Yeah, and that's the thing is- And you're in their world. And I go out on these fishing trips to the Bahamas or Southern Florida and Dominican and stuff, and we're out on these waters and we're on these boats, and we're out in the middle of nowhere in the ocean. And we get up on top of the boat and think we're badasses flipping into the water and trying, cooling off, and I'm like, wait a minute. And they're like, the odds of that happening are, no, 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 no. Like, have you seen those videos where that surfer's in that wave and that uh-huh. shark comes up and smokes him? And it doesn't happen a lot, but think about getting your life ended because of a shark bite no. and getting eaten. Like all the movies we've watched. I just watched the one with the girl who got her Bethany, something who got her arm, the surfer, uh, yeah, full surfer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, did you go down? Did you see that movie they did a couple of years ago where those a year and a half ago, two years ago where the, the sisters, like she gets broken up with her boyfriend and they go on this trip and they're on the Island drinking their Mai Tais and they meet these locals and the guys are like, Hey, we do shark expeditions. And I these did. chicks are like, Oh yeah, we'll go. And it's like this shit ass cage. I'm like, no human being in their right mind would go under the ocean in that. Even if it was just to see a starfish, I ain't going in eight feet of water in that freaking cage. And these girls jump in it and like, sure enough, (laughs) great white comes up and just smokes their ass. But anyway, buddy, I'm really interested in what you've accomplished in the last 20 years. And I just kind of wanted to get into a lot of people see success, but they don't understand how to derive it or how to nurture it or how to birth it. And, and they just think, Oh, you know, the flowing tides, the flowing tide, I go in there and I have a beer, I eat a pastrami sandwich, or in my case, you know, you eat the, the chicken pasta salad. Yeah. And only reason we still have it is because of you. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. And, and the other day I went in there though, and I had a Baja wrap. What's the name of the wrap? You're, I was in, I was at Longley and the waitress was awesome by the way, but I took my daughter in there. She loves that place. And I had a wrap that she recommended. Probably a buffalo chicken wrap. Was it buffalo chicken? It might have been, but dude, it was strong. It was good. And I had a little side salad with it. But you, 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 you come out of high school and you, get your, you go to college and you get educated. But are you using your college degree in what you do on a daily basis now? Kind of. I mean, you know, people always say, oh, you know, you got to get your degree. And I, I do think you have to. You know, my degree was in business management from Nevada. But, you know, everything I've, I can apply what I've learned in college to what I do on a day-to-day basis. Such as? You know, just, um, you know, um, like inventory and people skills and, you know, dealing with employees and HR issues. And uh, our good buddy Wade does my payroll, so I couldn't skip that out of it. <laughs> so he that's trade out for food? Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Um, what, what is that, the, the deal though, is like you, you meet Talati, right? Mm-hmm. Who is Talati? Jason Talati. He, uh, he went to, to, he came from Reno High and then he went to UNLV. So we're kind of nemesis in that. But, you, but I believe you're a rebel too, yeah, if man. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he, he joined Flowing Tide, I think in 1990 when it was owned with, uh, John Gilbert and the, uh, Dolans. There was a bunch of owners there and Jason bought in and then that's when I met him. I used to bounce up there one night a week. So you, you were bouncing up on the Northwest part of Reno. You meet Talati, who's in this ownership group that includes a family like the Dolans. Tom correct, is an owner of this. Yep. So since then, has there been acquisitions of, of equity to where now you and Talati are the owners? Uh, Jason 
and his mother bought out that whole par- partnership group. All right, actually, I think Tom bought every, everybody out. So it was just Jason and Tom for a long time. And then when we opened up South Meadows, Jason bought Tom out. Got Tom Dolan, um, bought him out. Correct. And then now at that time when he buys Tom out, you're still not a partner with him? Nope. So how does that all go down? So then we opened up South Meadows and partnered together. On that one store? Correct. But you're not a partner in Northwest? A very minute. Still to this day? Correct. Is is that is that your number one store? Uh, right now, Sparks is. This one on Prater? Mm-hmm. The old the old the company you bought out? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. No freaking way. You guys turned that property around because I thought it was dead when it was the other brand. Was it mm-hmm. not or was it yeah. always hot? Uh, Sparky's did okay. You know, Sparky's can't knock the brand, but we took over four years ago. We bought the two Sparky's, uh, that one on Prater and then the one on 4th and McCarran. Was that the only Sparkies there were? There were more at one time, right? At one time, I believe there was seven. Did they just start closing them down? Because Golden Gaming came in from Vegas and bought them. Oh, Golden Gaming came in. Mm -hmm. And then we're partners with Golden Gaming. So then we bought the two Sparkies up here, the only Sparkies. And so then we had five of them. So now you and Talati have your membership in your company over here. And then you were partnered with Golden Gaming and you guys all own, or no. they're just your gaming company? They're our gaming partner. Okay, so right. they don't have ownership in these properties. Mm-hmm. So are they one of the reasons that you ventured into Vegas, which it's we'll a, get into? Yes. They said you guys need to be down here with this theme. Is it the same theme in Vegas that exact it is up same here? Theme. Mm-hmm. Which, how would you describe your theme? Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of like a sports bar-ish. We're not like too over the top sports bar-y, but we're not, you know... Um, I think we have we have a really good menu, not five star super you know crazy food, but uh, you know we we want to appeal to all sorts of people. We have a very diverse menu, and we do you know we have all the sporting packages, and we uh, we we try to hit everybody up. So what do you mean like as far as the theme goes though? Is like you go into a place like one of your competitors in the area, Pinocchio's, and his, his he's got like the most sporadic themed, you know, this everything thrown at this board and then, you know, just laid out. It doesn't matter if it's a, a boxing poster or an old boat or a bike with a flat tire. I mean, right. he's got a lot of shit going on, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And they, they're very successful. Now, your theme is more kind of pirate themed, kind of nautical ship, shipwrecked nautical. Yeah, we, we try to do like, you know, portholes. Some of the stores, we can get away with more portholes than the other. Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of, I would say nautical. And then, you know, and then we've kind of branched off with neons and, but not too many sports memorabilia on the wall. Some stores we do. I, I sneak a Raiders thing in here and there. Raiders, South Meadows. <laughs> so you and t- you, so now you, you guys open up South Meadows in which year? It's got to be over in 12. In 02. In 02, 17 years you've owned that building and it kicks ass. That place that's, is beautiful. That's pretty good. You have now ownership in one restaurant. Mm-hmm. Talati has ownership in the, he, the he owns that one with his mom, 100%. Correct. You got a little tiny bit of equity share in that. Now you have equal or whatever. I know it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You, you're his partner now. And now you guys start, he stays up Northwest and you kind of run the South store, right? Correct. And now you're watching this go, you're watching it to where the, is the first step to become a neighborhood local favorite place to where the people within a five mile radius are depending on your doors to be open. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We, you know, we, we don't ever go after tourists. That's not our niche where we go after the neighborhood bar and grill. So we, we cater to the neighborhoods. So then we had South Meadows and we, we did, and you know, South was growing, still is growing. It's huge out there. And then we opened up Longleaf like four years later. 
So 2000. And that's, that's a five minute drive from the South Meadows, maybe yeah. a little bit more. But it's almost two different worlds. Yeah. Way, that's industrial work America. Now, Correct. and then over here, you're more into kind of like a little strip mall area exactly. that's, that's more based on if people are going to go into that strip mall, they are either buying something from a retail outlet or they're going to drink a beer or get Correct. a sandwich. Yeah. As opposed to somewhere like Longley is more like right in the middle of everyday work America. Like and there's, I don't think there's any other retail stores in that whole place. There's, there's like some studios for martial arts. Mm -hmm. There's some printing and embroidery shops. There's, there's printing shops, but there's no really place that you would go in and, no, no, and no. buy something. The guy next to us, um, he has a, um, like a cupboard shop, I guess, or, you know, he does like blinds and all sorts of stuff. So he, there, there's a lot of things you just go to, like you're quick in and out. There's not many, there's not much shopping to do there. If you're going there, you know why you're going there. So we, we get a lot of like lunch business at that location. Not much, you know, like weekend business. It's okay. It, it, it does all right. Cause you aren't very far from, from housing either. No, no, no. Homes. I mean, behind the bar, there's that old hidden Valley, the old Wooster area. Yeah. And then this kind of goes up into hidden Valley. Yeah. So, but it's like two different worlds again. So now you're, you're in South Meadows. You're, you, before you open Longley, you're concentrating on the South Meadows business. You're, you're, you're str strategizing with Talati, what he saw successful up there at one time in Northwest Reno, you had a dance club slash Mexican restaurant called the Hacienda that was mm -hmm. in your same sidewalk, right just door. a couple doors down. And they had that nightlife that it seemed to where you guys had it going on. That was one of my hangs was the flowing tide Northwest Reno for yep. years. We'd go up there a lot of, you know, I was in the, I think I kicked you out a couple of times. Yeah. Probably I just go over to the Hacienda and help EJ the DJ spin records, but shipwreck no. Thursdays and <laughs> yeah, shipwreck Thursdays. That was the tide did that, and then what did Hacienda do? They did some taco thing or a Thursday night. Yeah, yeah they, it was crazy. But it was kind of like the late night crowd would kind of venture over there to do the dancing and the party back and, and forth. But you and then they come back and, and drink and so the success is happening up northwest. At the yep. same time, you're concentrating your efforts on this baby down here in South Meadows, and you got a lot riding on this now. Yep. You have a college degree. You have ample opportunity to go get a job and work for somebody and make a good living with your in your your intelligence level. And now you're saying I'm going into the restaurant business. The reason that that's so significant is that so many of them freaking fail. Well, and that's when I, right before I partnered up with Jason, I was with TGI Fridays and I was, Oh, I forgot about Friday. Mm -hmm, and I was with them for 10 years and I was getting ready to move to, uh, I was looking at Roseville to be the GM or regional manager over there. And so I had to make that decision, Roseville or partner up with Jason. And so obviously I chose with Jason and it was, it's, it's a lot. It, it was scary. You know, with TGI Fridays is a corporate nationwide company and stability is there. You know, I go there, I make X amount a year guaranteed. You know, I partner up with Jason and let's see, you know, we're going to get out of it what we put into it. On your best day at Fridays, how many pieces of flair would you have? on? <laughs> you don't have enough flair. No, but here's the deal about Fridays. I, and I mean this, and I'm not just saying because you have no you have no skin in the game with Fridays. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. But out of all of those kind of, I'm going to compare three of them. There's Applebee's, there's Chili's, and there's Fridays. Those are I, I, I compare those kind of the same deal. Yeah, Fridays kicks ass on all of them. Now the reason I say that is that their marketing is awesome, which Applebee's isn't very far behind that neighborhood kind of deal. They're fine on that. But as far as the everyday atmosphere and experience in those places, I love Fridays and. I see Fridays kicking ass in airports a ton now because you know my travel schedule. I'm always in airports and they're all like the Fridays in Dallas. They got two of them in the DFW, maybe more, but I'm always there in the American. I have a couple Air more. I'm there in the American Airlines wing and there's at least two in the American yeah. Airlines uh, 
where, what do you call that? What is terminal? Mm-hmm. So that company taught is teaching you. I remember the days now going in there and, and sitting down and there was times where bartenders were practicing their flare, flare and their bottle flips. Cause they were going to the Friday's world championships. Mm-hmm. You were always loyal and passionate about that Friday's deal to where you guys were located kind of in the same area that South yep. metal store. It really was down there just a little bit North of where you're at. Yeah. South, uh, Virginia and Demonte and Del Monte. Del Monte. Del Monte. So it's a little bit North yeah. of where you're at now, but, but one thing was for sure that that I, that place got shut down like weird, right? Why would it? Uh, I like to say it's because I left, but <laughs> <laughs> but why though? I mean, why I it turned it a, into like a cheeseburger in paradise? Yeah, or some for a shit. minute, and now it's a uh, now it's like a renown, like a quick, like it's a. How does a potential. TGI Fridays not make it to where two local guys can go in there and kill it? And on their seventeenth year, they continue to have the the opportunity to what you just said before still grow. I keep growing. I think one of the big things here it's it's um, local people. You know, people like local businesses, and TGI Fridays is is very corporate. A lot of the a lot of these big big name restaurants are corporate. You know, and that's and people do support the local businesses, which is good. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to compete with a, with a big corporation and a marketing budget that especially, they have. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're, they're buying power. They get stuff way cheaper way than we cheaper, do. Yeah. And like you said, they're marketing. They can spend millions of dollars on TV marketing and we can't spend anything like that. You know, we do a little commercial here or there. Or, but you stay true to the local events, the absolutely. moms on the run, the golf tournaments, the charitable absolutely. stuff. The, we keep all our money local. I mean, we, we've, we've, donated so much to charities, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Absolutely. And I think that people, if they really think about where they're spending their money are going to be, you know, more apt to go to a flowing tide, but it still blows my mind though, that with, I think the food at Chili's is terrible. Now again, people are going to oh, the baby back mm-hmm. ribs are out. No, I had an experience in, in, uh, like in the last 45 days that I'll never go into another one. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to say that, that yeah. that's the management down to this, the matron or the, the, I guess it would be the hostess. Everybody was so oblivious to service. I was like, I'm not. And then I looked at the floor and I'm like, now they're not even taking quality pride in their presentation or what their floor looks like. My feet were sticking to it. Like I was at the theater yeah. after somebody spilled a soda on some jujubes. And then the seven, eight minutes, no drink order taken. I'm like, I'm very service orientated. I want, I, maybe people, people are like, well, you're anal. And I'm like, you should be, well, I'm not going to go in there and Absolutely. spend my hard earned money and have them just come at, you know, half come ass. to me when they half ass it. Right. Yeah, no, we, so I, I, I look at that to where when I was in your place the other day, I was like, boom, she's there. She's having a conversation with my daughter. She gets her extra crayons. My daughter doesn't want to eat a whole lot because we're getting ready for MMA for her martial arts class. So she brings her some celery and some cucumbers and ranch and carrots. And boom, I get the wrap. We play cards back and forth. We're taking up this server space. There could be another party in there. She's having conversations and being really cool. I tip her well because I understand that good service. I know that we're in there for an extended period of time, leaving her the uh, inability not to have another party come in there. So I made up for it with a larger tip to say, hey, I know that another group could have been in here. So I think that ideology is the way that all those restaurants should present it. And that's why you guys have had success. Uh, Service is key. I was in a, I'm not gonna say the name of the place, but I was in Carson yesterday for a soccer tournament and a bunch of people of us between games went to another chain and it was the most god awful service ever. I mean, it took them over an hour to get us like drinks and our food ordered. It was embarrassing. Terrible. And the whole time, everyone's looking at me like I'm in the business, and I'm like, you know what? No, maybe, let's cut them some slack. They weren't expecting this. 
But then again, you know, you have a huge soccer tournament down the street. Be prepared for that. Yeah. And I mean, be prepared. Be no. And, and I was just going to say that, like, know your surrounding areas. Absolutely. You have, you have stuff. Going just like those alligators in the water. Yeah. Be present. Know, be aware. Know what's around you. And, but it was, it was really embarrassing, the service there. And I mean, it, the, the food was decent, you know, the, but it was, there was one person on and there was 40 of us. And then two other parties of baseball teams came in. And I was just like shaking. And they right might have made a little bit of money on the food order that day. They might have got tipped well because you understand the industry, but oh, you're course. not going back there. No. Like there could be another soccer tournament and you guys are going to pack your lunch. I will now. go to McDonald's yeah. before I go there. And you're going to pack your lunch. And that's so, that is what is, is so, um, there's another local company here that has had some growth problems since mm -hmm. a tragedy occurred. And you know who I'm talking, know about. Exactly talking about, but I see it to where they have the opportunity to be a different, like a, a strong sports bar. Absolutely. Strong. And I battle. It used to be. And I battle with it every time I go into one. I just, and, and the main reason is, and I think they're doing better now. I think they got a little, a couple pieces in place. I don't know for sure, but awareness is everything. There could be high school baseball tournaments out here. There could be teacher conferences out in this area. And we go in there and every table's packed. And I'm like, why did you not bring in six extra servers yeah, today? Have one server on. Because that just ruins the experience. For and the, everyone. And so now you're in South Meadows and you start to see this. Hey, look, our little bit of charitable work that we're doing at a young age is working. We're getting these local people coming in here. The local people are doing a couple different things to create revenue. The revenue streams within the doors of a flowing tide, people are like, ah, it's just another restaurant. No, there's some shit going on here. One... You have a vast menu of good items that are they're, they're, like you said, they're not overcomplicated, but they're legit in taste, yeah, good flavor, food. uniqueness, all of that. Great restaurant. The bar, great aesthetics, cool presentation, good bartenders. It's almost like maybe you said, hey, I'm going to take that TGI Friday's oh, no, I, appeal of bartending because the TGI bartenders yeah. make you feel like you want to stay there for one more Absolutely. as long as it's safe. Absolutely. And then the third way is what you mentioned before is with, with the, the gaming company, there's a lot of money that runs through that potentially a lot of money. If Correct. you can get the asses in the seats through good service, and good drinks, product. unique drinks and good food, they're going to come there and drink a beer. And then they're going to put some money in that slot because it's legal in this area. Correct. And so you're looking at this going on like, damn, man, I'm on, we're on to something here. Talati's doing it up here and I'm doing it down here. So how is that working now? Is Talati micromanaging your location or do you, are you like, Hey, my 10 years at this level, plus all the experience I had in the restaurant and fast food industry before I got this. No, we, we, uh, we, we both have different backgrounds, but we both, you know, we, we complement each other. You know, he runs that we run them together the same way yet. We have different styles of management, I should say. And, uh, no, we, we, we definitely, you know, we talk all the, like every day w w when we have those two stores, you know, he runs the one up North, I run the one in the South and we talk every day, you know, what's going on here? What can we do different? And I brought a lot of knowledge to his store too. You know, we, it's, it's, it's all about complimenting each other. And, you know, and like you said, I mean, service, I am a huge believer. I will overstaff the crap out of a place because it's all about service. Service is what keeps us in business. And I also think you're really good at not saying no right off the bat where there could be bigger opportunity. And that's a big secret of success in business is like, all right, Belding calls me and he needs 60 people for a lunch. He wants no, a let's little- Let's start that right. Belding calls me. He wants to do his premiere of The Foul Life. Uh, we've Remember done a that? few there. Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. should do another one this year. Absolutely. But that, those were awesome parties. Great so I parties. was always trying to think of ways to like bring my business to your business. Oh, yeah. And um, 
even last year and the year before, you know, these guys come up building. We need a place to eat. First one I call, Moscow. And 60 parents it. and you handle it. It's not like, well, you know, that's a Sunday or a Saturday and we're going to be, we're going to be packed, you we'll, know. We'll make Saturday, it happen. Make it happen, right? And you give good deals. You get the kids their free drinks. You make the parents feel like, hey man. And then what do I hear from Stuart? Hey, we want that same place next huh. year. And that's, that, that part of business is what doors can open if I just work a little bit harder on this and not huh. just be like, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm stable. I'm fine. A lot of doors open from that. Yeah. A lot of people get complacent and they're okay. I got one store. It's doing all right. Well, you know what? Let's get many stores. Let's, let's do it. Then, then when Chad called me for a party, Chad, what store do you want it at? You know, where are they staying? What part of town? Cool. We got a store there. We can make it happen. And, and what is, what does that take though? Like if you know that you're going to bring in a big group that tells you right now, okay, we could pro we're doing these guys a favor, right? We're letting them come into our establishment. That's not the mindset. Yeah, but it's not us doing you them a favor. It's, it's, we're, we're, we're happy they chose us. Right. Like, let's do it. We'll, so let's we'll put a couple more waitresses in there at that uh, time. We right? just had this Saturday. Uh, do you know, Rich Green? Yeah. Okay. Rich's brother from Vegas brought up a lacrosse team and we set him up in sparks and we already had a ton of graduation parties, but, but, but uh, Marco Boscovich, uh, Jason called him like, Hey, let's make this happen. We added a party of, freaking 50 people at nine o'clock at night on a f Saturday night we made it happen. You know, we brought in two more servers. Our, our daytime bartender came back to work at night for us. You know, they show us the love, our staff. What are your, what are your hours of operation? Um, at South at, uh, number one, two, and three. So Northwest South Meadows and Longley, we are 10 till about 10 in the morning till about 2 AM. And then on weekends, nine to 2 AM. And then, uh, the Sparky's ones we took, uh, Prater and Fourth McGarren are 24 hours. Okay. And Vegas is 24 hours. So you have some instances that you're open 24 hours, which Nevada is known as a 24 hour around the clock service area. Like right. you'd be crazy not to do it with the nightlife around yeah, here, you'd especially have a, with you'd the, have the liquor license. Do it. Do it. Um, you're open a lot of hours. A you lot can't of hours. be there. Nope. One of the big stigmas of the restaurant bar business is trust. Oh, so you mentioned Marco Boscovich. Dude's been a bartender and a bar manager for a long freaking time. Long time. He graduated a year or two after us. He's our age. One year after us. Okay, so he's our age. Yep. Um, how important is it to where you know when you walk out of that place, say, hey, see you guys. I come in there. I know Marco. Hey, Belden, here's a couple free beers. Here's a couple free shots. You know, that's going against your revenue line. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm not right. saying that it's not right to do once in a while. They're gaming. They're going to get some free beers. They keep them in there longer to keep putting right. more freaking cash in that cash receiver. Right. But the trust part of business, when I had my restaurants, the trust part was like, man, it's so anxiety based of what is going on. If they're putting extra meat on sandwiches for their buddies and not charging for it, our profits are being affected. Absolutely. So how important is that in, in the it's, growth of the flowing tide? It's, I mean, you have to have the trust and you have to get the right people in there. And Marco is the right person for that store. I mean, he's the mayor of Sparks. Because he, because, because he pretty much takes ownership, right? He does. And he, one day he may be, and he may not be. Yeah. We're not saying that he is. So, Marco, right. don't be calm and go. But, but that's when you reward somebody. Hey, he might become a partner. Absolutely. He might have a chance to invest in a future property, yep. a future store. Or you might say, hey, dude, you're killing it for us. We want to reward you with becoming a partner. He may say, no, the taxes, whatever. But he is setting the groundwork for bigger picture Absolutely. with his loyalty, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's that's his store. So have you ever had to, have you ever ran into the opposite 
there's got to be some stories where somebody you got has, we don't need names, but has there been instances where oh, yeah. you get word of, of, of bartenders just flooding oh. their friends with drinks? Oh, all the time. Really? Yeah. Still today? Mm -hmm. So you got to deal with that even today. So is there a manager on site at all times? There, there's, yes. I mean, yes and no. There's, some of our bartenders are also managers. How do you prevent it? Do you have counter? You don't have counters on your bottles, do you? No, it's, it's I mean, everything's on film. But, you know, we, we give our bartenders the ability to comp drinks. You know, it's, it's you, you get a bunch of people in there and you want to buy them around. Cool. It's great for business. You know, everybody's happy. The customer feels happy. Oh, they bought me a round of drinks. You know, great. It's when they take it to the next level. You know, when they're blatantly stealing to cushion their pocket is the problem we have. You know, like, I mean, people over pour here and there and, and we have our systems in place, you know, like, I mean, you, you would never want, if you and I are bartending and I pour someone, someone comes in and orders, I want a shot of Jack and I, and I pour the right amount and you pour more than that. You think you're hooking them up. You're actually doing a disservice to them because maybe they don't want that much freaking booze or when they come back to me, they're gonna be all pissed off. Well, Chad hooked it up last time. So, you know, and, and word of mouth, this town's small. People tell us all the time. And there's a responsibility as a bar owner mm -hmm. and a bartender to make sure you don't get somebody so plastered that oh. they do. You, your job is not to make them make dumb decisions. Oh, of course. That's, you don't want somebody leaving that bar and doing no. something unsafe. There's no. a lot of responsibility that comes with having an establishment where so much have to be 21 year old activity is going on. You don't have to be 21 to go in the flowing tide. Is there a certain hour of the day to where it's cut off to where I can't bring my daughter in there anymore? After, after, um, no one, you have to be 21 after 10 o'clock, but you can bring your daughter in until midnight, as long as they're with a parent after, after midnight, but after midnight, no. And, and, and honestly you can, I mean, the, the, the legal side of it is if you serve food, you can bring minors in, like you could bring your daughter in 24 seven. Like at Danny's. Correct. As long as the kitchen's open and then those kitchens never close. But we try to cut it off around midnight. You know, I mean, if you brought your daughter in at one in the morning, First of all, I'd be like, why are you bring your daughter in at one in the morning? Well, but, there's those instances you're on the road. Course, it's a long road trip. You're on a long road trip a little bit and you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, it's, you don't want to go to Denny's. You see this flowing tide light on, boom, you go in there and get a good meal. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and it's, it's all case specific, you know, but definitely after 10 o'clock, no minors, like without an adult, you know, like, like we don't want high school kids rolling in at 11 o'clock at night on a Friday night because they get their ways of getting drinks. So now... So you um you um have this store that's going taken off like South Meadows is truly becoming an establishment now, mm -hmm. and you've already got one going on, and you're at a you be you you become at a at a crossroads. You get to a crossroads of like okay, let's keep this going. We can keep it going because there are national places that have franchised and blown up. Now, maybe that's something you might get into. Don't know. Like we'll, Starbucks, we'll go there. Flowing Tide Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Well, but you have something that people want. Yeah. So now instead of settling again and becoming, you know, complacent, you go, Hey, we might be, need to move into a new area of town because this theme is working. We're getting the business. Now here's a question for you is, has there ever been anything that you guys have opened that you shut down? Okay, is the Verdi partner still going? That's not wood. You can't I know, know that. I'm talking on. Is the Verdi property, you guys had bought a small- Jason owns that. It's called Sasquatch out there. And that's still open. Mm -hmm. So that's a little another little local bar. Yeah, doing well. So you think about that word you just said. You've had TGI Fridays come in here and shut down. You have Claim Jumper that came in here, and I go in there and I'm like, 
where is the revenue at? I'm like, this place is like a freak. And I like their food. No, it's it's like, like a graveyard though. It's like, yeah. does anybody ever come in here? I don't know. We went there for Thanksgiving. Did you? Yeah. So you're looking at it like you have TJ Fries that shut down. You have many local bars that come and go. It's hard to build a freaking bar. It's yes. hard. And the number one thing that people are ignorant to in the bar and restaurant business is evolving is transitioning, rolling with the tide. You take it out of the nightclub business. Like if you don't change themes once in a while, you're stagnant, boom, you get ran over by the next guy, right? We change our menu up. We try to change it like every six months. And not when I say change it, I mean add a couple things, see what's good, you know, take a couple of things off that aren't selling, you know, kind of, we just try to keep up with the norm. And what about the, what about the actual part of, is there ever anything to where, uh, uh, outdoor concert or something that happens inside that's a little bit unique or diverse to your actual daily business. Do you guys ever we, go outside? We the do box events on that? here and there. Like, like we did, you know, we did a charity event now and then outside and it's, they're kind of hard to do. You know, it, it takes us away from what we do best. You know, we like anytime we do a big event, it takes away from how we do business. So it, it's kind of hard to do and it's kind of not our theme. You know, um, like, you know, someone just today asked me, well, wh- why don't you go Midtown area? And I'm like, well, that's not our niche. You know, you go to Midtown, they've never heard of Coors Light or Bud Light down there. No, they want a $16 craft cocktail. cocktail. that takes nine minutes to make. I'm out. You know, stuff out, like that. I'm out on the whole deal. Right, right. And, 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 and we are keeping up with them. Like uh, at Sparks, Marco has a ton of craft beers. You know, that's what he does now. He, we have six or 10 rotating handles and he's always bringing in new, like that, the uh, uh, revisions. Heard of that? Yeah. That's out here out of Sparks. And they're huge right now. So we have two of their on handle and you know, we're just we're just kinda rolling with the punches. You gotta stay with you gotta keep going. You know, you gotta you gotta evolve like you said. You have Absolutely to right. And ignorance kills that in a lot of people because they get back off of that just a tiny bit. Oh, right. You get you get kill you get um so I guess you kinda get into the way of this is like you have something that's successful. And I like your attitude of like, hey, we're going to stay in our lane. And that's awesome. But you're not afraid to reach out into some charitable events and do that kind of thing. What? And I want to get into the next store here in a second. But I had this question is like, why have you not gone into more of a catering aspect of your business with as good as your food is? And I do a swimming pool party or I do a concert and I say, Moscow, you want to bring your catering deal here have you done that and is it worth going or does that take your attention off of the inner 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 strengths of the restaurant too kind of the same what we just said with the events you know that's kind of not our niche there's plenty of companies in town that do catering and and we've done them i mean i've done stuff for you where we take food here or there and it's just kind of not what we do you know we're not we're not staffed for it a um b we just it's food travels differently if if that makes any sense you know, a lot of the food we do won't be good two hours later. Um, so just kind of, you know, like our food's good right there. You know, like, like McDonald's has cornered the market on like French fries. You could eat their fries two hours later and they're still good. Ours you eat 20 minutes later, they're soggy. Just kind of like, like that's, you got to eat our fries hot. You know, I've taken stuff home to my kids and they eat them. They're like, good dad, these are gross. Like shut up! <laughs> you know, like, yeah, give me a break. Eat what's in front of you. So you 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 guys have already made this like com- you, there's a compromise of your guys's b- business leadership skills and what you both bring to the table. But you guys have a lot of understandings within this partnership. You and Talati, if you went to him and go, 
man, I got this great idea from Belding's podcast. We need to cater. He's going to be like, uh, no, <laughs> we've already discussed this. So like no, nobody's bringing anything up that you guys haven't, you know, already encountered, but there's still that, that positioning now to where you're sitting there in these restaurants as a new business owner, kind of you're, you're a new business owner to the point to where now you're, you are jumping into this business of, you have some experience of running a TGI Fridays. But you didn't have any skin in the game. You had a lot of time in the game right. invested. You've learned a lot. Now it's time to go out. Now you're responsible for employees, fresh food, quality, health department checks, oh. everything that goes in. And then you got the federal government and the state government looking down on your gaming licenses, your liquor licenses, your alcohol and beer licenses, your uh, again, your health inspections and passing all of those. Sounds easy, right? It ain't freaking easy. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of grind. It's a lot of type A personality. I ain't got time to sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead right. kind of ideology. So now you're sitting there going, I really want to do this again and open up another one. Well, well, we might have a little bit of a head start here. You don't have a franchise agreement where somebody up here on the top owns Flowing Tide and they're like, okay, here's the decorations. Here's the door material. Here's the color of paint. Mm -hmm. Here's your menu. Here's the ingredients. Go. You're going, all right, I just did it here. We've modeled it here. Now I'm going to go into a vacant building. And now you're like, all right, I'm in. What, how does that go? You're like, you and Talad, you're like, dude, we're killing it in these first two stores. Even though at this time in America, there's a recession going on. We're hit like a mofo in the Reno, Nevada area. Our toilet business is affected hugely. The construction business, whether it's commercial or residential or road building is affected hugely. I don't know if hugely is a word. I think there's a uh, comedian named D.L. Hoogley or Hoogly. something. But huge. That's huge. What? You, now you're like, dude, let's, let's stress out some more. Let's, yeah, let's, and I, let's my point, my point in saying that franchise part is yes, you do have a little bit of experience and you've made some shit happen. This, these stores are going good, but now let's add more. Yeah. So now, now what's next? Was it Longley? That was the old Spiros. That was the old Spiros. Yeah, remember that? There's still one around, There's I think, over by your, by your place, mm -hmm. right across the street. Mm -hmm. So Spiros is in there. Now, how does this go down? Do you go in and say, look, dude, y'all are getting your asses throttled. Let us come in here and buy so this. He, and He was doing it. He came to us. He came to and us. And he wanted, he wanted out of that location. So he, so how did he do it? Tell me how it goes. Um, he, he, you know, he went to Jason because Jason's kind of the one that has been in charge of our expansion. And so he went to Jason and said, hey, you guys want to? put more on your plate pretty much. So we bought it from him. So we actually own part of the name Spiros for like three miles within that area. And then we uh, took it over, so shut it down. What makes Jason, why do you say that about Jason? He's in charge of our expansion. I, I wouldn't what, say in charge. He just, he's the one always like looking for What makes stuff. him so valuable in your infrastructure? I know that you're valuable to his, right. but what makes him so valuable to where you're putting your eggs in the Talati basket for the rest of your life? You're, right. you're investing in a lot of properties He's like now. a bad husband. <laughs> what, what, tell me why. No, he's, he's very good at what he does. He's, he has a lot of connections. He has a lot of, he knows a lot of people and especially in this business, um, a lot of the owners. So he has, he has a good circuit, a good circle of people that he knows. But what does he bring to the table besides a network? He's still got to have some kind of business sense. Oh right? yeah, no, he's he's he. When he graduated from Vegas, it was in um, hotel management. Strong. So That's he, what I went to school for. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's two years older than us, but he uh, he's he's he's. So you say hotel management? What the hell does that have to do with a restaurant and a bar? I think it's, just, it's kind of the same, you know. Bringing people in, good service, making sure the room is clean, making sure that their experience is there. Exactly. But what makes you wake up and go? 
I got a great business partner now. I'm, I'm, I am capable and confident enough to go open up a third store now. Well, seeing what he did when, you know, when him and, when, when him and Tom took, ran that first flowing tide. I mean, you remember we used to go there. Like it, he, they put out a great product and they did a great job and they turned it from, you know, I just, I, I remember seeing over time how it developed into a very strong bar. At first it was more like, you know, drinks at night and then it turned into a good restaurant part of it. And then the whole package just kind of came together. And then we went to South Meadows, did the same thing. But we started from the ground level where, okay, let's use, we're going to do the same thing, same menu, same, um, you know, but we're going to step up service because this is a bigger place. You know, the place is a couple thousand square feet bigger. So now we need to double that service. And then me being new to it, hungry, I want to do every freaking event possible. Like we did, at one point we did an event outside called Tide Fest. And we had... Livets, Livets. Livets, Livets. Oh, I remember that night. Yeah, we had Arch. and we Those had guys rocked. Red Cell. And then Sean Jones brought his band there. Yeah. We had a stage. I think you... Oh, you you provided all the fencing and the yeah, toilets. and the toilets. Yeah. But what we, happened to that event, dude? That was killer. It was freaking a headache. Was it? <laughs> oh, it cost us money to do that event. Just because of the mosh pit? Just because of the freaking... <laughs> so does your insurance go through the roof on a liability deal when you say, well, I want to do a parking lot party? Is that another expense you have to incur? We had to get a one-time fee for one that thing. One-time fee. But like I had to replace mirrors in the bathroom and doors on the bathroom and shit like that. So here comes the trust now, back into where we're going with this transgression and this badass brand you guys have built locally, N now moving into Vegas. Now you are saying, okay... I'm not going to have as many man hours in South Meadows. I don't know what your agreement is with Talati being up in the Pacific or in the Northwest. I was going to say Pacific, <laughs> not up in the Northwest. He's got the Verdi deal going or he's got no, Verdi came, he, came after, but he's got the, uh, the main store, the anchor going up there. Mm -hmm. You got a bigger store in South Meadows that's thriving. Now you're saying as a partnership now, where's the trust come now? You got a badass manager in South Meadows that you can afford to get away to go put your focus and attention on this next door? Exactly. We, we have, I mean, we have, I have people that came with me over from TGI Fridays. So I've had people um, with me for 17 years. And so then when we opened up Longley, Jay and I were splitting that store. So I had South Meadows and half of Longley and he had Northwest. So we both managed that store. So you're, you're both coming into the Longley store, managing it. So like, he's, he's, like he's one day. I'm one day. He's one day. So that gives you time to spend the other days Correct. in South Meadows. Correct. At this time you're working seven days a week, right? You don't have kids yet. No kids you're, yet. you're growing a, 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 a nurturing a business now. What would you accredit right now? Looking back, what would you accredit to that time in your life of the success that you start to see? Was it luck? Was it work ethic? Was it passion and love for the people and the business and the food what and i know that you can combine a lot of yeah, this shit but what made it what made it kick off like that i think it was just how hard how, how how jay and i really wanted this product to or this theme to like succeed i mean we put a lot of hours in that place and i mean we 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 busted our butt for that place you know and then and the whole time still had to run the other stores so and you know there's a lot of stuff it, it wasn't luck by any means because that was you know, 2007, 2008, when the uh, economy wasn't doing the greatest. But, you know, we, we got through it and, you know, just, it, it's like we talked about before, it's all about a good product. You know, we have a very consistent product. You go to one store and order fish and chips, you go to another store, you're gonna get, get the same fish and chips. So you, you buy know. them frozen and cook them, or is this some homemade? I is this some recipe? The recipe so there's some, that's some good shit though. That's yeah. good stuff that you have in your restaurants. That's a good question. 
How important was uniqueness and, well, well, and, and originality to the menu? Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, you know, we have the, one of the biggest things we brought to the, that we, we kind of prided ourselves on was the beer batter fries. You know, they're those big fat fries that are freaking crazy good. But it's, you know, no one else really had them and they're really expensive and they, we lost our ass selling them, but it kind of went with, you know, the fish and chips and then we put it with all our other items. It was, a, it was you know, the food has to be on point. And the, 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 other, the biggest hurdle we've been encounter, encountering now is consistency. You know, you don't want to go, and, and, and that goes for food and beverage. You know, you go to the Spark store, have a margarita there. Okay, it was great. I go to the Longley store and the margarita sucks. It's like, okay, we need to be consistent. And that's one thing that we've really focused on over the last couple of years is consistency with our product. And yeah. so when you start talking about consistency in your product, your service, now you're starting to get into things that are kind of like the basis of a, of a potential franchising agreement, which sure. I've been involved in before. Um, don't know if I necessarily want to be the person buying the franchise anymore, but a guy in your position right. in Tilates, I'm looking at it like, what is stopping you now? Are you starting to ever think that way when you're, no. when you're opening up another store? No, I just, I, our whole thing is, you know, you franchise to someone, yeah, you can regulate them, but they could screw up the whole company in general. And give it a bad rap to where if somebody goes in a store in Sacramento, they have a bad experience, they come to Reno for a softball tournament, they're going to TGI Fridays because they got pissed off at the flowing tie down in Sac. Correct. So it's, there's just, there's, there, you have to have a good grip on everything. You know, it's kind of a control thing, but you know, you, you can't let it run your life, but you have to be in control of it. And you start franchising out. You know, Jay and I put tons of hours in the store still, but we have good managers. Well, well back up. You do still? Mm -hmm. 17 years later, you're in there Except a ton? Except for when I'm here with you. But are you in there a ton still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We Like every day I'm at two, three, one of the stores. Kind of depends. Is this is the love still there? Love it. Why? Just, I love, it's it's just, it's, to me, it's, it's a fun business. You know, you get there and it's, there's always something new. Like we just, you know, there's, and we, I don't want to really go into it, but we caught a girl stealing last week and we let her go. And the way she did blew my mind. Like it was, and I, and I thought I'd seen everything until this. Oh, I got to hear it off the mic. No, I'll definitely tell you. <laughs> but it was crazy. Like the way she did it, like it's not that it's fun or anything, but it was like, wow. Like I've never even... One of, the, one of the craziest restaurant bar stories I've ever heard told, and I've heard a lot of them being around the country, was the one you told me about the, the, the burglary at Longley, huh. when the, how they broke in and how they, the, I don't want to give anybody any more yeah. ideas, but I was like, holy advice on how to do Yeah, that. but I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. These dudes are freaking out of the box thinkers, man. Oh no, that's, we've, we've been hit, and it hasn't happened, knock on wood again in a while, but um, no, it's crazy. I, I think I even showed you that video. Mm -hmm. They were they were in and out in under a minute. Under a minute. Crazy. Like it's just like straight up uh, 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 point break style, man. Like exactly. in and out with the dead president's mask on. I'm just like, God, that shit really no, happens in real life. And watching it on film was like, wow. Because the first one was on Thanksgiving Eve. And I had to come down there on Thanksgiving and I was watching the video. Like, What a oh, great time to probably uh, go into somewhere where they know. It's almost like these these 
freaking pieces of shit. They, they do. They look at the, oh, these guys are getting married this day. They actually look up the addresses of like the oh, parents yeah. and they know they're going to be gone and they go smoke them on freaking their daughter's wedding day. And I'm oh, like, yeah. how big of a piece of shit can you be in life to actually want to go and take somebody's hard earned stuff? Oh, yeah. You just want to just dot them, dude. Yeah. It's like, our, like, I don't even want to get into the justice system when it comes to messing with property, but I, I don't think it's strict enough or stringent enough. But so now you go and like, all right, I'm going to go back and forth. We're going to help manage this store. What, what are the, the things though, that you, you have to concentrate on when you, it, it, where I'm going with this Moscow is you can't take something for granted that it worked here. It's definitely going to work five miles North. Oh yeah. No, for sure. It, it's, it, it's, a, it's two different worlds, you know, out there is a lot more, you know, you go to the Longley store and it's, yes, it has a housing behind it, but it's definitely a lot more commercial. You know, we're going to have busier lunches and it's a smaller store. So when that place fills up, it feels like it's packed and it could be half the amount of people, but it's, you, you've been in there on a lunch when it's packed in there and it's really not that many people, but because it's so small and we have a small kitchen there, we have to turn and burn. I mean, we got to get food out fast and there's not much room to, room to make it in. So we just have to adapt to it and make it happen. Now, when you say you got to get the food out fast, that doesn't mean that the, the quality is going anywhere. You've adapted this process. You've put this process in place to say, hey, here is what you do. This is not cookie cutter because our, 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 we're not saying that our recipes are that simple, but you've got this process in place now to where here, here comes another trust issue now. Not issue. A trust process is the head of the kitchen, the chefs, the, the sous chefs, the people that are cutting with knives, the people that are serving food, the people that are, are they wearing their head nets right? Are they wearing the gloves right? Are they staying sanitary correct? And you think about what you're getting as a consumer. When I say, bring me my chicken pasta salad and, I, and what could go wrong from that kitchen to that plate is there's a lot of shit that can so happen. So many things. Can bad food, bad quality, rotten vegetables, something bad service, can, bad service. The kitchen manager doesn't understand the process. It, it might be take, out of it. Could be out of it. So there's a lot of responsibility yep. that now you're talking about an entirely different segment of trusting a manager and a bartender. Now you're actually going and saying, we have a full blown menu. This just isn't bar snacks, folks. Right. It's not like you look at this little eight by 11 or five by eight card and it says chicken wings <laughs> and, and some Hot mozzarella and or a small mozzarella stick or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this menu is, it's become even more diverse and I love how you guys keep evolving it, but what at one time, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that kind of your forte was, was kind of that management of the food and the quality of the food and the selection of the vendors you were going to use to get your vegetables, your meats. Wasn't that kind of your forte? Yeah. When I was at TGI Fridays, I worked in the kitchen, like kitchen manager. And, but again, our hands were kind of tied because they were corporate. But yeah, no, I mean, you definitely want to go uh, source out the best products. So with that, we have that at every store. We, we brought on an executive chef for all, all the flowing tides. His name's Ming. So he oversees all the kitchens. And then each store has man, kitchen managers, a daytime and a nighttime. So it's kind of, like you said, there's a lot of trust there. You know, like the nighttime better trust at the daytime ordered it or, you know, the, like we have the product in stock or thought it out or prepped it up because you, you know you you can't cook chicken wings out of a box it's got to be so prepped in the two questions on that account one is okay Ming. let's let's we're gonna he's gonna be part of the second question but this is is more of is it a trade show thing is it staying up on the industry news the evolving of the of the evol- of, of being able to evolve with the restaurant industry right it's an unfreaking real industry it's, it's amazing going. it's yep. people got to eat yep that's why the portable toilet industry was so successful. Correct. Anyway, 
how do you do it? How do you know what, what's the best chicken wing out there or the best beer battered fries? Are you going to shows at That's, this time? Actually, I'm, Ming actually just went to one last week. Bake Mark had a big show here and he went there and checked out all the new, the new, uh, all the new products coming to the market. And then he, every week he meets, meets with all the vendors from Bake Mark to US. So Post they send reps in every week and he sits down with each of them and goes over, you know, what's going to be best. So what makes Crazy. Ming, what makes Ming special like Talati special? Ming has a ton of experience. He was with Rapscallion for 20 years. Well, that's a good restaurant. Yeah, no, it's real good. And he, and he has these relationships. You guys got the executive chef from Rapscallion to come to Flowing Tide? Yeah, he stepped up. No, I'm not saying he didn't, but you guys actually got a 20 year employee of the Rapscallion, which is a freaking staple landmark yep. in this area. Awesome seafood, good steaks, good service, nice bar. Great. They do a great job. How does this happen? Uh, he's him and Jason were friends forever, and, and he, he took played, a while to get him though. Yeah, yeah, he's he was a regular one of the bar. He just you know hang out there, have a beer here and there. But he came on board with us um, five years ago, and he is. I mean, he has these relationships with vendors. You know, he'll call each one up individually. Okay, pricing's wrong, or here's what we need to pay, or you know, we want this kind of product. And so he has ownership in your establishment, absolutely, without having ownership, correct. But he takes ownership, which is so important it's, to running a successful key, brand. It's the key is to, to find the right. These people. employees that take ownership is you, you can't do without. You got to you just you let them do their thing. You don't micromanage them. You trust them. You give them the tools to be successful. They don't want to burn themselves. They're, they're going they're not going to do anything to go against policy or to go against a, or to even take a chance of ruining your their reputation with you or their friendship with you. Now, how is that? Uh, how does that become now? You got Ming, right? Do you hang out outside of work? Mm -hmm. Do you ever have that? Do you ever yeah, encounter we, that? You know, we we try to, you know, like because every store has a general manager. You know, like we have Dogan up at Flowing Tide One. Him and Jay have been friends for X amount of years. Sean Jones is our is our uh, uh, Fortham McCarran manager, and he was with us a long time ago up at Tide One. Um, we have Shauna, who's been with me at TGI Fridays, and Lori's been with me for since the day we opened. They all have their store. Lori's still there. Lori is still there. Wow. Yeah. How badass is that? That just shows you that you're doing something right. And that's and that's one thing. It's you know you you try to find that fine line between, you know, you don't want to be best friends with your managers, but you know, they're, they're family, you know, Sean and Lori been only for 17 years and Marco, fuck, we've known Marco for 30 years, yeah. you know? So it's like, you get, does he still have the curly hair? He cut it now. He cut it. He cut it now. He's went through some shit lately, man. Yeah. And, and then, so. and then we deal, you know, like, but like Marco's good friend too. We go golfing all the time. And so that doesn't ever come into effect it, because you probably never have to discipline him, huh? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it, the whole point when you hire a friend is you hope they would go above and beyond for you because of the friendship thing. But that's backfired to me. Before. So have you lost friendships because mm -hmm. they worked for you and then it, it been, got bitter? Mm -hmm. It sucks, huh? It's, it's awful. It's part of business. But it's like... I always say this though. There's a reason for everything and everything happens for that reason. Yeah. And people are going to come... I've been learning this, dude. People come in and out of your life. Yeah, absolutely. It's very special to have a friendship to where we can still hang out. Yeah. Still get a text once in a while, a phone call, come on the podcast, Wade. There's friends that are going to be like that. Oh, yeah. But there's people that are going to come in and then you'll never see them again. And you just, it's so hard to take as a, as a prideful man or yeah. a woman that you lose somebody in your life. You're like, fuck that. We got to fix this. It's just harder. Especially when it's out of your control. And it's out of your control a lot yeah. of the times. Mm -hmm. You can't, the head games that are going on and that kind of stuff, you got to understand everybody's going through their own shit. Yeah, if it ain't meant to be, let it roll. Exactly. It's harder to do than it is to say. I get oh. that. But now you've got this Longley store going. 
you got so much pride now going because you're developing this local brand. People are wearing it on their shirts, their hats. You got bands playing in the parking lot. You got an awesome menu. You have employees that believe in your product. And most importantly, you're developing a partnership with the community to where they're entrusting in you to give them the experience that they desire when they walk into the doors of this place. And you can't ever take that for granted or take a chance of letting them down. Because if you let them down, there's a lot of other places right across the street from South Meadows. They opened up the the, I don't even know the name of it. That's how insignificant it was to me because of your store. But there is a place mm-hmm. like literally I could throw a rock from mm-hmm. your front door and hit it. Yeah. I remember they they came into there and tried to do the food and the menu and 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 don't know. I don't know anything about their business. I'm just saying that people are going to have choices. Of course, they're always going to have. We choices. want them to have choices. You, you want I don't them. want people coming to us every day. You know, like they like they go have other places. You know, it's good. It's and and I'm a big believer in business drives business. You know, commerce drives commerce. It's a good attitude to have. Yeah, we 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 welcome other businesses. Shit, I'll, I don't eat at my place. I go eat other places. You know, so it's like the more the merrier. There's plenty of business for everybody, but what the one thing we've always prided ourselves on is, you know, and we have hiccups. You know, we have some people have bad days, and we'll screw up now and then, but we try to make it right. We'll do everything possible. If we screw up, we will make it right. You got to give us the opportunity to make it right. You know, we we've gone above and beyond for people if we screw up because it's your hard-earned money. I'm not going to just take your hard-earned money for no reason. We want to provide you a good product. Because p- things are going to happen. Somebody's going to bite down and chicken salad might get a bone. Somebody, I mean, I remember I was at a Chinese restaurant several years ago and bit down and the wire brush that they cleaned the walk yeah. with. One of the bristle falls in there, went straight up into the roof of my mouth. Mm. And they were nice, comp the meal, whatever. I didn't go and go, I'm getting a lawyer and I'm going to yeah. kick your ass. I'm like, th- I get that things are going to happen. But happen. the secret of success is figuring out how to minimize that part of the business and capitalize on somebody like Marco and the girls that have been with you for, dude, that blows my mind. But you're you're in this Longley store now and now you're like, holy shit, look at our lunch business. I wish I could knock this wall out and expand into this next room, which is another problem when you start talking about growth is like, well, let's pump the brakes for a minute. We got to make sure that you understand that, you know, this room supports this many people. Our revenue, our revenues here, our profit margins are here. We're making the money that we need to make. Now, instead of just expanding this one store, it's almost like Justin and Jason are sitting here strategizing together and they're like, I think that we can, we, we can do something else now. I mean, we have some success going on and it, it just seems like the pressure, the opportunity, the inability to say no, just keeps mounting. Like, Oh my God, this is unreal. We could build another one. So where do you go now? You got one going strong. You got South Meadows rocking it. And I keep referring to these things locally because by the names, but this is the Southwest part of Re- Southeast part of Reno that this number two is going on. Then you move kind of to the central Eastern part of Reno with the right. third store and you're, you start to see even more and more success. So what are, what are the conversations now? Are you guys like, man, we're, we're really biting off more than we can chew. I'm exhausted. I'm not getting to spend enough time personally. Right. What's going on now? Because now you got forced, you got three stores rocking now. Yeah. Every day is a different, different conversation. Some days, all right, let's go, let's go. And some days it's like, let's sell. Like I'm tired. You know, we got kids that, like Jay has three sons. I have three daughters. It's like, okay, let's pump these brakes a little bit. You know, okay, we're selling in five years. Jay and I have been selling for five years for 10 years. Yeah. You know, like, okay, 2010, they're, they're sold. And it's just, it's, you know, then you, you build relationships with people. And 
Everything's just, you know, it's, it's such a fun business because we have personal relationships with all of our vendors. I just went to Florida the week before that with the Budweiser guys. We went and played TPC Sawgrass. Oh, yeah. I, Mike was calling me from there. Yes. Yeah. That was, we, we played there. Um, and he's listening, by the way. Is he really? Yeah. No, well, he will be when I release it. Oh, yeah. That's why I can't do this live because you might go on a tangent and be like, F Mike Land. How I whipped him in golf. Yeah, you know, I whipped him in golf and all this shit. But no, he, we, uh, you know, you build these relationships and then, you know, you, you, you do, you do want to grow. You know, we, th- that's when we, when did we open up the other stores in 2012, I think? No, 2014 is when we bought the Sparkies. And it's like, okay. And that was our first one where we bought two stores. So how does this happen now? So now, so wait a minute. So now Spiros comes to you, the owner, and he says, Hey, y'all interested in taking Longley over and mm-hmm. changing the name. Mm-hmm. You guys get the license agreement all worked out. You own the radius, you get it dialed in. I know you got good business attorneys. That's a whole other side of the business all that right. people don't understand when you start dealing with contracts and agreements. Now I'm not, I didn't mean to say people don't understand, but people don't really put enough grasp, how, grasp how, how in detail, in it, detail is. it is. It's not as easy as like everybody wants to Open a bar, own a bar. It's not that easy. Yeah, it's, it's not oh, easy yeah, to open the doors. Fill out this goes. application for your liquor license or your gaming license and let's see what happens. Yeah, call me in three months when you get it filled out. It's hard. No, it's no joke. It's hard. Yeah, I have so much envy, not in a jealous way, but I have so much envy for people that get to make a living in the restaurant and it's, bar business. I freaking love it. No, it's, I'm, it's so, I'm so intrigued by it and the success of it and the growth of it. I love that shit. I yeah. have a pretty blessed life. And I'm like, man, I would love to open up a successful well, chain of bars Remember we did the whole, for a couple of years, we did bread bread with you guys. Yeah. What was Got that? Spicy pickle. Spicy pickle. You guys baked all of our bread. No, you guys baked all our bread. That's what I meant. We would bake it in our bakery and, and serve it, it for your sandwiches. And your ex-wife's mother. Bring it over. And yeah, Jackie. Great. Great. Phenomenal. Product. We were killing it and I messed that whole thing up. That's another story. <laughs> but being totally transparent, a lot of that failure had to do with my inability to, to see straight. And that's part of business and part of life and part of growth is that you see an opportunity. And that's why this conversation is important to me is because y'all could have failed in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat with the competition out there with the inability of this area to be loyal. I don't care what you say. We're in a very unloyal part of America. We're a transient town. We have people coming in and out of here to game all the time. You look at the success of our college athletic program, our AAA team, the aces that are an affiliate of the Diamondbacks. Man, that freaking place is empty almost every night. There's not a lot of like, man, I'm going to be loyal to these local business. I really feel correct me if I'm wrong. You might have a different thought. Don't correct me, but tell me your opinion is that I don't really, really like the way that the city of Reno promotes their local businesses and entrepreneurs. I think they really like the whole, whole idea of, of Tesla coming in here and Amazon. Of course we want them, but you got to support the locals, man. And I might be off base by that some, but it's just an opinion. No, I I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's, it's bringing a lot of people to town. I mean, some of our, like the spark store is busier because of Tesla, you know, I'll roll in there on a Tuesday at seven in the morning and there's, 50 people in there that got off the Tesla grave shift. So it's crazy. So it, it's bringing more people to town, but I agree with you. It's hurtful. Yeah. I don't like it. A little bit. It's a little, it makes me shed a tear once in a while. So you guys are having these on and off conversations of like, okay, we, we just bought Spiros. We got the name change of flowing tide. We're kicking out. I love that store. I don't know if I, I, I haven't been to one in years, but I go to two, two and three a lot. Um, Probably not as much as I used to because I'm out here a lot. But when I'm in town, I make an effort to go there. I love the food. I love the atmosphere. I love the service. All every time I've been in there, it's been a good experience. And now you and Talati are like, 
well, let's, you know, we're kicking Sparky's ass. Let's go buy him out. Or did it happen that he's opposite no, like no. Spiros did? No, it was, it was, uh, the people that own Sparky's were ready to kind of focus more on different aspects of their business. It's Golden Gaming that owns them. So, which we're partners with. So Golden Gaming came to us and asked us, hey, would you like to pick up these locations? And a fire sale or were they doing good? Uh, they were doing all right. You know, they weren't doing, they weren't killing it, but they, you know, they, they were sustaining sustaining to the point to where they could have kept them open or oh, yeah. they just were like, Hey, let's, they're, they're not throwing in the towel. They just were taking right. your temperature. They were making they were making, they were being profitable, but not where, okay, why focus on these when we can focus on other aspects? Cause they really focus on the gaming route. You know, they have most of the machines in town at bars. So let's, let's not focus on these two restaurants that are doing okay. Let's focus on gaming. In the state of America right now, when you start talking about business and your, in your little, your, your stores, you guys have a footprint in this area. You've moved into Vegas. Is the national security and the, 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 the street, the, the focus on security and being aware does it go into a restauranter's mind, right? Is it restauranteer, restauranteer, and a businessman and an entrepreneur's and a bar owner's mind of this part of the business? Is it a scare? Is it an anxiety? Is it, is it a thought that you guys are like, we have a responsibility to freaking protect our patrons, whether they're sitting at that bar with their back turned to the front door or they're sitting way over there and they're at our tables and our employees and anybody that has that takes their time out of their lives to open that door and walk into our establishment because we have got this reputation of giving a good experience is it playing is it mess with your mind of what could happen oh. and is that mess does it does it make you make different decisions and, and to try to protect the people yeah i mean you got it you you know we we are ultimately responsible for you when you're in there you know so it's yes to to it's funny you say that we were just talking about when we were in Carson about what happened at that IHOP Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a couple of doors down from where we were at. And uh, I'm guy goes in there with a gun, shoots some Marines and some X shoulders, kills them dead on the spot. People are in there enjoying their freaking short stack and they're getting smacked in the head with a 223 load. Right. And it's bullshit. And it's because there's crazy mofos out there. And it's, it's, it, I think about it all the time. Like what, you know, and I hate thinking worst case scenario, but we do have a, a duty to protect people. And, you know, we, we have, it's hard. It, it just, it's hard because you never know what people are thinking or what they're doing or what could happen. You, you know, you know, we do our best to, to be proactive on things, you know, like we have, um, you know, no, you can't carry a concealed weapon in our place and you can't just don't want to see it. Right. Like if, hence the word concealed, yeah. if we're seeing it, it's not concealed anymore. Right. There's you no know? open carry in the flowing tight establishment. Correct. And it's hard. I mean, years ago we had a guy walk in with like freaking straight out of the Western his little two guns on his hip and it's like, it's legal, you know, but we don't want it legal in Nevada, but we can say no open carry in our bars. Right. And so that was a tough decision we made and we stuck with it. But yeah, you, you, you never know what happens. You know, it's, we, a, it's, that's a weird thought. Like, you know, you want that guy in there because it's telling people, Hey, we have people in here that are willing to protect us and they, they believe in the rights, but also it's almost like, well, that dude's got a gun. I better get a gun. And then everybody's got a gun. And I'm not, I'm very for gun rights. I am very for our second right. amendment. It's just as a business owner, I just keep thinking like what has inhibited my passion or my desire, I should say not passion to want to go out in public. I stay out here in my little freaking, my little room here. And I, I don't want to become an invalid, but I also don't want to be 
always thinking of the dangers and it's almost like Chad quit being a pansy. You can't live scared and I don't want to. And the odds of it happening, I get it, but it's happening. And I just wonder like with all of these different establishments and all of these different drinks being poured and all of these different gamings being poured and employees being fired or hired or let go for this. And, and somebody has a bad day. I'm just always wondering like, what's being done to make sure that this shit doesn't happen. It's almost like you can't prevent it a hundred percent. No, you can't. I mean, it's you, you can do, you can take all the steps you need to, to go as far as we can. You know, some stores late night, there'll be fights in there and we deal with that. And we can, we, we, we put bouncers on, you know, to prevent it, but you know, we can't arm our bouncers and you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, you, you got to protect people's right. But it's like you said, we had us in Vegas, we were opening that store. It caught on one of our cameras, a guy walking down. We're on Decatur in Vegas. Do you know Vegas? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Guy's walking a, uh, shopping cart, a homeless guy, and we have it on film. Cars driving, the guy must have been texting, all of a sudden jumps the curb, smokes him. Right there, we have it all on film. And then, um, hour later, there's a guy on the other side of Decatur looking over to see what happened, bus hits him. No way. Yeah, so two guys, so me working in, that's when we were building it, it happens in threes. So I'm looking around. <laughs> You're just watching like, yourself, being aware. gonna fall from the roof or something. It's almost like you could take the ideology of awareness in business and apply it to that part of life is that you got to be aware, man. You, gotta, you always got to be aware of your surroundings. You and, know, and don't today, put yourself in a bad position. Yeah. You know, you go out, my whole thing is, you know, you go out at one in the morning. It's, I'm not the kind of person that needs to go out at one in the morning. Nothing like, good happens after, after midnight. No, no. I'm they in, say that. I'm I don't, in bed at nine o'clock, so. I'm in bed early a lot, dude. Yeah, it's like, you know, you go out, there's trouble and that's just, you know, you... And we do our best to keep everybody in a safe environment. You know, yeah, we're busy some of the stores at three in the morning, but we, we, we have, we staff it. We have four people working that time. We have a bouncer on, we have two bouncers on some nights. You know, we, we have a due diligence to protect our customers. So your customers are protected. Shit's going good. Food's awesome. Unique drinks are being poured. There's a lot of trust with you and your employees. And now golden gaming comes to you and says, hey, y'all have any interest? You go look at it. The first thing I'm thinking is like, wow, this isn't a small store. The one, you know, the one I'm talking about out here. The investment part of this now is like you sit down as you have some finance background. Um, you know, Wade and Dave, they're freaking bean counting nerds. Uh-huh. How much of a process and thought goes into, well, look, dude, here's what we're billing out is you're looking at the books, you're looking at the ledger, uh-huh. you're looking at the, the, the accounts receivable. All right, we're doing this much in gaming. We're doing this much in alcohol, liquor, and beer sales. We're doing this much in food sales, but we got this much in payroll. We got this much in advertising. We got da, 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 da. How does a guy like you and a guy like Talati, what are the chances of a guy like you and a girl? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, but what are, what happens now? What do you guys go? into nerd mode and you sit down and go, dude, if we invest in this, it's not just turnkey. Right. We got to change the signs. We got to change the decorations. We got to change the theme. We got to change that. We got to get new menus printed. We got to get our vendor. A lot of investment. A lot of it. I mean, we, we sit so down. So did you know before you pulled the trigger that you could do it? You were confident? No, no, it takes time. I mean, we, these deals, anytime a store opens, there's two years prior work going along with it. You know, we, we met with Colvin Gaming, took a look at their tax returns, took a look at, for those locations. And, you know, we look at their numbers and say, okay, what can we do with these numbers? How can we, you know, we're going to hope to improve from these numbers. And we have, we have Sparks numbers. We've almost doubled what Sparky's did 
in sales. But we don't assume we're going to do that when we take over a place. We say, okay, here's what we can do. Here's what, what we bring to the table. You know, we, this is how we run a business. We're probably going to run higher labor than they do because we're all about service. We're going to bring, in our opinion, a better product to the table. We're going to, you know, clean it up a lot. We're going to, it's just all in general, a better product in our opinion. And now let's see, see where it goes. You know, it, it's, it's a lot of upfront money to get these places open. And we, you know, you know, we're, we're leasing these buildings. We're buying the business. And then we, you know, it's six to nine months to get a gaming license. So that's our kind of our remodel time, you know? So like Roman and Bird, remember Roman Mud and oh, yeah. Bird? They, Sharp. They remodeled our Spark Store and it was a nine month process from start to finish. And a you lot know, of money. Yeah, a lot, a lot of money. Now you got to make that money back. Exactly. So, I mean, you, if, if we can break even in a store within say, three to four years, that's not a bad... Which sounds like a lot of time, but in the business really world, not. it's not. It's like a day. No, no, it's like an hour. It does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, yeah, so if, if you can pay But most bills, people get scared of that when they hear three years. Whoa, whoa. I want to uh, make money the that, first year. That's way too much of a risk. Yeah, that's, that's not... This business, you're not going to become rich overnight. No, hell it's, no. It's a long-term You shouldn't. No. You shouldn't. If, you shouldn't want to. If you make a ton of money, you're not going to... You're, you're, you're doing something wrong. Like, it's, 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 it's decent money, but you got to put the time in. You got to get your systems in place. And that's the biggest thing Jay and I are really working on is systems in place. You know, that, that gives us more time away from the bar. If a manager, if the power goes out, what do you do? Strong. It's, it's the trust thing again. You know, we have a binder that says, so if, if Joe blows bartending and the power goes out, what do I do? Go to this binder and we have it detailed what to do, you know, step by step. It's a who, playbook. Who to call. It's your playbook. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's part of. You know, and at first when Jay and I did it, it was like, okay, let's just make all the decisions. Yeah. Like Jay makes it up for there, I'm down here. Boom, boom, boom. Now it's, okay, you're going to call me at midnight to ask me how to reset the ATM machine. No. You know, it's like we, we have everything mapped out to it. You could walk in there and after three days, run the place. Maybe you four days. <laughs> probably, probably 10 days. And no, no concealed weapon. <laughs> but you're looking, you, you got to, again, evolve. Exactly. One of the things that I've seen or heard through my affiliation with different partners and partnerships in our business is the bar business and the beer business is dead. Not necessarily the overall theme of a bar, the overall revenue of a bar, but going into a bar and seeing the people that, you know, that really, okay, we are going to have our customers that are going to be 45 to 80 years old, whatever, right? But then you've got to concentrate, hey, you know, there's people 21 to 40 now are they drinking beer? Are they going to buy a 12 pack on the weekend and drinking beer when it's legal and going fishing? Or is it coming to the bar and they're always like, I need a vodka soda with a lime twist. I know I'm not even talking about craft cocktails now, but has there been a change in your, in your thoughts over the years that where the, almost the, the wiring of the younger generations that are in, that are, are frequenting bars in these kind of places now, is there still beer sales? Oh, yeah. there is. Is, it, is it Plenty solid? Oh, so it's, rock solid. It's, it's more of evolved into craft beers now. You know, you get these 22 year olds that the girlfriend, the girlfriend will drink a freaking fruity tutti, blah, blah, blah craft. And the guy wants his IPA, you know? So it's, it's, you, you'll, you'll still always have your common core of your, you know, Bud Light, Coors Light, Sam Adams, Sierra Nevada, but now everything's moved to, you know, a lot of people are trying these 800 different craft beers that we, that we carry or someone carries. And, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's evolving again. You know, that's, you, you can't just have your, you know, 20 years ago, we had a staple menu of, you know, 16 beers and they never changed. 
Now we have out of 16, 10 of them, and then six rotate because we're always changing out. But is it is it safe to say that Bud Light will always have a handle on tap at every flowing tide? Yeah. Why? Bud Light and Coors Light. Why? There's, I don't even want to hear that other name, but okay. why Bud Light? Is it, is it kick that much ass? It does. It, it At the end of the day, yes, absolutely. Like Budweiser and Bud Light are staple beers. Why? You cannot. Why do they continue to do that? When I know InBev comes in, buys Anheuser-Busch. They have 201 beer brands. They got a lot of craft beers. They're, they're evolving. Yeah, but man, just think of that, that that Bud Light and people are always like, that's just some shit beer that's overly, you know, that it's just mass produced. Oh, really? Because at one time that was your craft beer. That was your, that was your, uh, your little brewery down on fifth street right. produce and it grows and it grows. And no, the of course. like for instance, bud or bud light, no matter what will still always pour, you know, you might have, well, and by the way, we'll still sell more bud light than any of these craft beers, period. You know, you, they might say, Oh, you know, like in your opinion, why is that? It's just, it's, it's the beer. I mean, our parents drank it. Like it's, it's, it's not going away. It will never go away. And it's moved back. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's teetering back to your domestic beers again. You know, they're starting to sell. You mean that? Life. You really mean Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Okay. Because when I watch advertising on TV now, you know, Budweiser is known for their Super Bowl commercials. Right. Bud Light, the Budweiser Clydesdales. But now you got this, like the Corona and the beach mm-hmm. competition. With Gruden. Then you got Modelo. Mm-hmm. Then you got Modelo's like with the UFC and they got these kind of, kind of, really crafty and, and witty and clever marketing. Oh yeah. And now you got to go, all right, well now in America, which is a melting pot, we have to cater to a lot of different ethnic backgrounds. So Latinos and American white people and these guys and this guy, and and what are they drinking? How do we go after that business? Some stores sell more like, um, Modelo than Budweiser. We have one store that does put out more Modelo than Budweiser. That blows my mind, but too. we will never open a store out without Bud Light or... Is that because of your relationship with Mike no, and No, no, not at all. It's, it's, it, it just it, sells. It makes it's, money. It's like opening a flowing tie without a freaking cheeseburger. So the beer business right now in America, or specifically not in our area, is not in trouble? I do not think so, in my opinion. And from, from where I sit with the amount of beer I order a week for these stores, not at all. That's awesome. No, it's, I mean, that means that we're being America, man. Absolutely. You know, Budweiser, that's a staple beer. Hell yeah. The red and white. The red and white. The red and white. Yep. I and love, you know, it's, it's, they'll never, we've never, it's never even talked about between Jason and I. Okay, we're going to open a new bar. Well, what's our draft handles? It's not even a question. There's, there's six staple beers that will always be on. And Bud and Bud Light are one of them. Correct. Even Bud Heavy, right? That's Bud, what we call them. Bud at some stores. It, at it, some it, stores. There's a couple stores we don't carry it. And, you know, I hate to say this because you're a Bud guy, but like Coors is making a run too. Coors Original. It's making, especially with the 100-year rodeo this year. Coors Banquet is huge right now. And Coors Light's a strong beer up here. And it's funny because you're up here and Coors Light outsells Bud Light. And, and I know a lot has to do with region. You know, like... Back east, it's different. But up here, up here in Reno, Coors Light outsells Bud Light. You go down to Vegas, exact opposite. Really? I would think it, no, I guess because of the mountains and the whole rancher. Bud Light is two to one on Coors Light there. Up here, it's two to one Coors Light to Bud Light. It's crazy. God, I can't believe that. I'm going to have to argue that. I'm going to need some statistics. Look it up. So why the success of these drinks. I just want your opinion because you've been in the bar business a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you opened your first bar in, at, in 2002 oh, and you're there. So you've been in the bar business 27 years. Mm-hmm. You're 44 years old. That's not even, I don't know even how you do that. I Is that right? Numbers? TGI Fridays. Well, probably nine years. Cause I worked at TGI Fridays, 
when I was 18, when Kevin Carter and I went yep. to Adult. Connecticut. Yeah, when you went to no, Connecticut. We went to Connecticut, our sophomore year in college. And I worked at, I got hired at TGI Fridays. So where I used to hang out with Chris. So Berman. you weren't even, you weren't even 21 yet when you started there. No, I was a friggin' host. You were a host. 18. You, Chris Berman and oh, Trev Alberts. Oh yeah, I know. They both. used to come in that TGI Friday. At Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. Hartford. Right I remember there. that Hartford. Mm-hmm. God, Berman fell off the map. I know why, but God, that's sad. I love that dude. Um, I, I used to send you pictures of those guys. Yeah. Trev Alberts. He was oh, a stud. Oh yeah. I remember all that. Yeah. But. You you have a lot of a lot of experience in that. Why is the Jack and Coke so successful in American bars and the American culture of drinking liquor? It's staple. It's, is it because of the taste and it tastes so freaking good? Like I hate. Bourbon. Don't say this, Justin. <laughs> Gosh damn it, Justin. No, no, Jack. I mean, Jack and Coke is just like saying, you know, it's it's. it's How amazing it's, that those two iconic brands come together oh. and make a third iconic brand in every bar in America. Absolutely. No, oh. Jack, Jack and Coke is like. Is it the number one cocktail served in America? If you had to guess, no. no. It, it it depends. So, like during rodeo week, absolutely by far. We, we saw more freaking Jack Daniels and Coors Banquet during the rodeo little one week stint than ever. But you know, it's it's you know Jack and Coke is it's just like saying, you know, like right now people are like, I want a vodka Red Bull. That was just I, that was my second okay. one. Don't jump ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That which blows my mind too, because if you think of the health risks of oh, a God. of a depressant alcohol with a jacked up Red Bull, which I love Red Bull, I ain't gonna say I don't. Don't drink one a morning, but I drink three a week. Huh. But you go into a bar and they they've never gone to the hose. They've all they supply a refrigerator. All of your establishments plus many others. You get the Red Bull and the sugar free Red Bull in there. It's the most expensive. Sugar or uh, most expensive energy drink of all time. They've never altered on their pricing or their cans or their aesthetics. They've never gone to the hose like some of their competitors have, meaning that you can spray it out of a well hose in the the bar. And people go in there and order them like they're M and M's. And I'm like, how how does this happen now? How does it's amazing that like Grey Goose or somebody hasn't teamed up like Jack and Coke did. Mm -hmm. Or I wonder if that just happened one day where the guy's like, man, I got a little bit of Coke left. Let me try and, but Jack and Coke, you see that together. I think they even made a product, right? To where you could buy it. I think they did years ago. I don't think they still But why Red Bull vodka? Is it because these kids are like, man, I keep freaking, I hate talking like that. Like we're old men. We're not freaking old yet. (laughs) But why can how can Red Bull and vodka get so famous at a bar scene when it seems like the danger's there and plus it's expensive? Yeah, it's not a cheap. Red Bull is the most expensive. We we for a minute there years ago went to a different product out of a gun or even went to another product and we always end up back with Red Bull. It's 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 the terminology. You know, like no one says I want a Jack and Pepsi, even though by the way we serve Pepsi. So. That pisses me off. I got a couple of things. Here's a couple of questions oh, I have for you go. if you want to get personal in the restaurant business. Why would you ever go against the iconic brand of Coca-Cola? One, it's not even right. And number two, how did this really got me the other day? And again, you're way more qualified in, 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 in this area. But not to have freaking the best ketchup in the world on your oh, table. No. I re- really was like. I'm not even freaking getting anything to put ketchup on. So now I know that the normal person or like, I'm not, maybe I'm messed up mentally, but Iconics brands, the Cokes, the Jacks, the, the Bud, the Bud Light, the Coors Light, the things that you talk about, you don't put, you don't put French's ketchup on a freaking table. That's a mustard. You could put French's mustard on there. No, where is this coming from? A lot. For instance, the Coke Pepsi deal. So, and I'm not bad mouthing Coke, but when we first opened up South Meadows, 
because Jay was with Tavern Products using their soda in a gun, you know, like Dr. Fibber, that kind of crap. Um, my experience before was Pepsi had a way better service department. And that's key with this. I mean, how bad would it be at nine o'clock on night when your soda doesn't work? You know, Pepsi's always been there. Their service department, this guy, Mark, you know his son, he's a big, he, he pitched for the Marlins, big lefty. Um, their service department is bar none. They're there in a heartbeat. So we started with them and then they kind of locked us in. You know, they, they've they never given us a reason to leave. Same with, um, what was the other question? Frank, Red Bull. Frank, 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 that was the price point there. Dude. That's the price point. Well, and by the way, this. it's not that bad. I'll, I buy your, I'll buy your ketchup from now on. <laughs> I actually tried it. My kid looked at me the other day too. My youngest, Harper, loves ketchup. It's like, not what even is, close. What is this? I'm like, it's ketchup. You might as well get Hunts, dude. Stop it. She's no, like, I'm not comparing Hunts to, uh, to Francis, but... but you 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 got the ability to have Coke. Are you saying you can't get a Jack and Coke at a Flowing Tide? No, you can, but it's Jack and Pepsi. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I'm not being a dick. I'm just no, like, are you kidding me? Do. It's just, just like the the energy drinks. People come in and say vodka, Red Bull. Ninety percent of the bars you go, not, I, I take that back. There's a good percentage. Like if you go to Vegas, you know a lot of these they pour Monster or they have it in a gun. If you ever see your your Vodka Red Bull being poured out of a gun. It's, it's not, not Red, Red Bull. Bull. No, that's but, what I'm saying. They've they never been to that. But you've never heard a bartender say, well, we don't pour Red Bull. We pour this energy drink. They just pour you the drink and hand it to you. I would never, ever, ever, ever accept that drink if I, I ordered a Red I, Bull. I had vodka. one in Vegas and I was like, I'll tell you to take a Jaeger Red Bull. And I saw it come out of the gun. I was like, that's an amazing mix of drinks too. <laughs> like Jaegermeister and Red Bull. I'm like, who freaking thinks of this shit? Fantastic drink. <laughs> Fantastic drink. <laughs> but, but the minute I saw it poured it out of a gun, I'm like, okay, that'll be my last. Red Bull drink. Because you know it's not Red Bull. Yeah, and I... And I and the bar's too cheap to buy Red Bull in the can? Is that what it is? It's, it all comes down to price. It's like we why we use French's. It's just, it's... It's not a bad product. You know, a lot of these other other energy drinks aren't a bad product. It's just, you know... And I'm not saying they're not, but they're not Red Bull. And no, I'm exactly. not saying that French's ketchup can't suffice. I'm not saying it ain't freaking Heinz. Heinz is a staple. And then the last thing I'm going to say on this topic is that you've got to offer at least Coke in a can <laughs> if I want to come in there and drink a Jack and Coke. You've had one and you didn't even notice. Never in my life would I order one. <laughs> and, and not... every Clay is the same way. We go to a restaurant like Coke or Pepsi products. Pepsi, all right, I'll have an iced tea. It, it's not that... A lot of people I don't like think, that too. Dude, Pepsi's marketing over the years. You think about it from Michael Jackson to Ray Charles to Britney Spears, the Cindy Crawford. They've been there, done that on the celebrity level. Coke is, I'd like to buy the world a Coke. But dude, there's, I don't know. I just don't look at them as the same. Hey, I'm, and I don't think they taste the same hey, by any If means. I go, oh, not at all. If I go to a place, Coke or Pepsi, I'll take Coke. If they say Pepsi, I'll but you, but it, But you'll still serve it because of your loyalty to the brand that helped you guys get started, which is cool. And, and they're good people, honestly. They're good they, people. They, they've, they've never done us wrong. They're always there when we need them. The, they're on point. You know, we've, we've met with Coke. And we've, you know, we've, we, we've entertained the idea. It just hasn't been brought to fruition yet. It could be. I'm not, I'm not saying we're locked into Pepsi forever, you know, but, you know, like, like Red Bull. We have a great relationship with the Red Bull. And it comes down to relationships again. You know, the, the guy from Red Bull is a great guy. Pete calls Jason and I probably once a month. And he's not even from here. And, you know, we, he takes us out golfing or he does stuff for us or he, or he does, does great staff incentives. You know, he takes care of our people. So we kind of, you know, hey, by the way, I could pour a way cheaper energy drink than Red Bull. Don't. Well, not, but I could. I mean, we. But you'll pour a cheaper Jack, <laughs> Pepsi and Coke, or a Pepsi and Jack, and you'll give a cheaper. Ketchup. Ketchup. 
and Red Bull's up on your counter all prideful with the freaking yeah, wings see, and shit. So we're like one third of you. <laughs> Keep you happy. Hey, dude, you guys are killing it. I'm just wondering why I can't get a Jack and a Coke and some freaking frit ketchup with my fries. True. There's some questions we need sure. to answer okay. here. Off. How, how important now with the new regulations that are coming down in this area and other states, they just made mushrooms legal in Denver, I think. But marijuana now is mm-hmm. legal and I don't know all the laws. I don't know all the rules. Never don't did. give a shit. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Never did it. Not saying that people that do it are bad people. All I'm saying is that is it legal to smoke marijuana in your establishment or is there the law that you can't do it in public? You have to do you what is to the, do it like in your home or in your car. So what happens if somebody just pulls out a marijuana cigarette inside the store? Can you smoke in any of the stores? No. Uh, yeah. Um, two of our stores have smoking, like the fourth and McCarran is a smoking bar with a restaurant on the side. Sparks has the restaurant. How is that divided? Inside. How is that There's divided? A There's a wall. Mm-hmm. So the smoke doesn't get into the mm-hmm. restaurant. And we have smoke heaters in the other rooms. So the so is there a bar on the restaurant side? Um, in Sparks, there is. There's a that the bar's against there, and there's the wall right in the middle of the bar. Um, in Fourth and McCarran, the restaurant's its own separate side. So does this? Do you see a change in people when there's people smoking? Is like is that snootiness there of like we're not going to eat in here? No, because I mean you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't if, even know. if you walk into Sparks. There's two separate um, entries. And if you're going to go in the bar, the restaurant bar side, but then you go out, we have a one little side area that's a smoking bar. It's it's still part of the bar. There's a door the bartenders have to go back and forth to. I got you. So so do you do you, what? How when you're owning a restaurant and you have the responsibility of serving food now, and there you have all this other shit that can come into play. You go into a bathroom and it says, "Employees, please wash your hands before you go back to work." What are the, what are the, again, you got your playbook, you got your, your strategies and you got your, your, your things laid out of what to do if this happens, how tedious does it get to make sure that kind of shit's happening? Or you just automatically entrust that nobody's going to go take a leak and then come out and start cutting my freaking potatoes. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's attention to detail. You know, we, we're watching it and we, you know, we, uh, I mean, our cooks all wear gloves too. That got mandated in January of 18. Um, but all in all, it's, 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 you know, yeah, you, you got to trust your managers to watch your staff. It's kind of, you know, everyone needs to do what they, what they're getting paid to do. So it's, it's, you are, there's a lot of trust there, you know, and if, if, it, if shit goes wrong, it's, it could be bad for everybody. Yeah, it would suck. So there's a lot of pride taken in who you're going to yeah. put in, in charge of making sure that the new guy washes his hands after he takes a leak. Or goes out and smokes a cigarette and then comes back in. There's just a lot of of hygiene stuff that goes into the restaurant business. Like, I'm very anal about restrooms. Okay? I was in the business forever to where I've seen the grossest of the gross. It's disgusting. It's a part of American culture that's going to happen, a world culture that's going to happen no matter what. But... But what, how do you, how do you go about to where something as easy as like, ah, whatever, there's piss all over the floor and this drunk guy threw it up in there. Are you like, is there hourly checks that, that have, and I know that I'm getting detailed, but yeah, there's yeah. a reason why you guys are successful. No, it's, it's same with, you know, it's, it's same. We have systems in place again. We check the bathrooms, you know, and I'm, I wouldn't say every half hour on the hour, but you know, we, they're being checked all the time. They're being stocked. They're being wiped down. We got busters on that constantly go in there. You know, it's, it's, it's bathrooms are an integral part. You know, you, you imagine when you go to a bathroom, if their bathroom looks awful, then what else is looking awful in here? You know, the bathroom's clean, restaurant's clean, kitchen's clean. 
You know, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. Okay. Now on the other side of the business on something that you probably don't have as much control over, uh, a homeless person comes into an establishment, hot as hell outside, 98 degrees. He's got on winter clothes because he doesn't want to lose them. Shoes are all, t- you know how it goes. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible part of what goes on in society. I get it. But you have a responsibility to your other patrons. Now, I understand that that's an extreme case, right? Like, of course, you're probably going to walk up to the person and say, we cannot have you in here. I am sorry for what you're going through in life, but we cannot have what's going on here in here. Is that fair to say? Fair to say. Do you ever, does your heart ever get in the way on Uh, something like that? No, we do it all the time. You know, we got feed them a meal and Mm -hmm. we'll we'll put it in to go box for them. And let them go. But I I feel bad even there too. It's like, here, take your food outside but don't you feel bad for the people that are clean and they're having to deal with that i do and it comes back to the whole they're coming in spending their hard-earned money here we're providing a nice environment environment for them you know a lot of people could care less oh there's a guy there who cares but yeah it's it's a tough one it's my heart goes out to him very much so you know i'm well i'll be the first to say here come out back and we'll make you a meal here you go one of my biggest things in restaurants was the way my dad brought me up we go into a place, mom's there, three boys, dad, mom, sit down, get our order, booth behind us or the table next to us, or maybe even a few feet from us. Every other word's the F word. Mm. Stories being told, this effing guy did this and shit and this, this chick did this. There's a place for everything, right? Absolutely. So you go into the flowing tide and you're sitting there as the manager and you got Ethel and John there that have been coming in there from their, their, you know, their retirement home. They're out there in the swimming pool and they probably played tennis that day, maybe around a golf at Arrow Creek. You play at Arrow Creek, right? Mm-hmm. That's your course of course. Wolf of, Run is now. Wolf Run is. Sorry, Wolf Run. But um, is that Duncan? Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you are there and you're like hearing this and you're like, whoa, it's a bar, dude. That's, that's the thing. It's at the end of the day, it's. Yes and no. It's a bar, but it's still a restaurant. You know, and if you've been to our locations, we have areas that are more for the family type areas. You know, we have like lower tables and, but no, it's, it's a very tough one. You've got a guy with his, you know, wife and kids sitting there and then there'll be a guy of four guys come in, they get the big shipwrecks and they're F this, F that. And it's, I hate that. And how do you, like, what do you do? You go up and say, Hey, you cannot say that language in here. No, it's, Say what you know, it's just hard. Like we do our best. Do you to, ever go up to him and say, Hey dudes, listen, there's kids in here right now. I get it. It's a bar. And it's Can hard you respect though. us enough not to absolutely and it, it depends on what time of day it is too. So they might get ignorant and go, Well, if you we're going next door. Exactly. Well, those guys ought to say the same thing to you. Exactly. And and, and we don't we don't want customers to, to tell other customers. Is that a sign of me getting old even asking that question? <laughs> exactly. Me too. Is it? Yeah, I, I go to a concert now and it's a fuck sorry, it's a concert. But look, there's different concerts now. Yeah. There's theater concerts, there's music festivales, there's stuff in bigger arenas to where, of course, people are going to be yelling and talking and, but dude, I just like, why would you want to go and spend money on a ticket? I was just at the theater at Grand Sierra watching Willie. The dude's 87. You got people yelling and talking and having conversations in a theater setting. Like, dude, there's a casino floor that's 25,000 square feet, a hundred feet from us. Go out there and talk. Why would you spend the money? Or if even if you got it comped and come in there and be ignorant and like ruin the experience for the rest of the people, what does it take for somebody just to go, dude, that's not the way to be, man. 
I get that it's your right, and I respect that, but shut the F up, man. I'm trying to listen to Angel Flying Too Close to the Ground by 87-year-old Willie Nelson that is having a hard enough time freaking playing on its own, and now you're making it even more difficult. Is that me getting old again, uh, or is that just a respect level? It's a respect thing. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, and, and what kind of where you're going with that, it's, you know, on a bar in the flowing tide at midnight on a Friday night. Different. It would be kind of like, okay, then we'd ask the people, you can go, let's go sit over here. We have a, you know, it, it's all timing. But no, I agree with you. It's a respect thing. So, okay, here's, here's a good question. What is the difference between three dudes sitting there talking about a sex story about the chick they just met in, in, in Cabo the week before, effing this and effing that and partying this and that, and that guy still, and then that same group of guys sitting at the bartender at the bar one night, and they're saying the same exact stuff to her. Is it different because they're disrespecting? The, there's a, a a family of four over here trying to eat. They're hearing all this BS about this story in Cabo. Is that different from them same three guys sitting at the bar and being talking sexual to a female bartender? You know, like now, is it more intentional to to that bartender? But these guys over here don't want to be hearing that shit either. Right, right, exactly. And and uh, you know, our bartenders have tough skin. They know when you're behind the bar, you're gonna deal with a lot of crap. That's just that's the nature of the business. Um, yes, it's different, but no, it's not. You know, what is the best way, Justin Mosco, for a man to hit on a female bartender? <laughs> there should be. A I should g- be asking you this question. <laughs> I don't do it because it's like this. It's almost like. How many do not t- hit on your bartender. How many That's times has she been hit on in the last yeah, seven hours, dude? Exactly. Like, you hitting on your bartender is not going to make you a lucky man. No. It's like, almost like uh, there's, they got to have some kind of dating regimen or boyfriend regimen or something. It's like, of course they are, but how did that guy, maybe he met her at the gym. It's exactly. almost like when you're in a bar and you go up to a bartender and you're like, hey man, um, my f- I, there's a lot of chemistry between <laughs> us and you use one of those corny bar lines. You're like... Dude, that girl has heard it, seen it, been yeah. there, done that, right? A hundred times. I wonder if guy bar guy bartenders with a lot of flair, flipping bottles, ripped up, tanned, girls probably hit on them too, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You think so? Mm-hmm. Or is it them hitting on the customer? Probably a is there is there something in place at Flowing Tide about yeah, uh, about there this kind of stuff can't happen? I wouldn't say can't happen, but we like you don't shit where you eat kind of deal. Like especially with employees and employees. And definitely with customers. Like, don't... Be careful. Don't use your... It's almost like going into business with a friend, right? Yeah, exactly. You got to be careful of what like, the consequences Like, this customer be. could... It, when it goes bad, will no longer be a customer. So, don't, don't go that route. So, you got Golden or Golden Gaming? Golden Gaming. Golden Gaming comes in and says, hey, we're in the business... We're, why don't you guys take a look, take our temperature, see what we got to offer. Here's what our proposal is. Here's what we're asking. You guys negotiate, beat them up a little bit, go back and forth. Lawyers do their thing. Business attorneys do their thing. You got the revamp going. You redesigned them four years ago. Now you put them back on the map as a flowing tide, an entirely new theme that used to be a competitor, the, the one that was there before. You got Marco in place. You got guys in place that worked for the competition. Is it a decision four years down the road that you and Talati are like, oh man, we screwed up? Or is it like, dude, no, it was it was the best thing we did in the entire seventeen years. It was a good one. It was one of them. It was. I mean, it. it you know, we hadn't been to Sparks yet, so that was you know us branching out of between you know Northwest Reno, South Reno, and then Longley's almost considered South Reno, and then we branched out. You know, the the one on Fourth and McCarran kind of it's only a mile from the other one, but Sparks was a good one for us. Kind of branched us out around Reno. You know, we're looking out here to this area. Well, I want to. Can I invest? 
Absolutely. Would you guys have an open investment profile? Like Only I could, if it's you. No, I'm serious. I'd like to be part of that. I could drive business. Do I'd we have like, to say it on the radio? Or in this <laughs> I want to make an agreement right now. <laughs> Talati, if you're listening, Justin just entered into <laughs> a, a binding agreement. A binding too. and solidified business agreement. That's right. No, I love the freaking business, Moscow. I love what you guys have done. I'm not kissing your ass. We've been boys no. for a long time. But it's just so intriguing to be able to live out that kind of life of you're always in the mix. You got cool shit going on. You got cool menus and cool drinks and bartenders and patrons and happiness and fun and birthday parties and premiere parties. I know this. That's (laughs) what I'm getting into is that the work that you guys have done, of course it's going to soothe out a little bit. There's going to be stresses every day in business, but you guys went through it. You guys went through the growing pains, the hard part. Now, of course you want to take a little time to reap. I watch your phone during this podcast. It's nonstop. (laughs) It's business. It's like my, I have my phone on. I don't know if you've noticed, but there is a such thing as a privacy mode on these things. If people are hearing this table vibrate like a freaking (laughs) bass speaker with NWA popping. (laughs) No, I don't care. It don't matter. It's every day. It's business. I get it. But it's almost like you do, are you in too deep now to where the adrenaline, the, 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 the want and the desire to succeed every day eats you up? Can you turn it off? Can you rest? You I know you're off. a great dad. It's hard to be, turn it off, ain't it? It's so hard. Where does it end? Are you no. not going to sell these businesses? You'd be crazy. What the frick are you going to do? No. Maybe get a non-compete, start, 36 start, months. Start hunting with you. Start hunting with me. Yeah, <laughs> fine. You go on the road with me a little bit. But Some alligators. What do you... The, don't sell these. This is special. No, no, it's, it's, this is special, man. Maybe you do. Maybe you. No, I, I think our, I mean, our long-term goal is to get other people involved and Jay and I will still, still stay on and get people involved with us that can kind of younger, you know, like I'm not 27 anymore. You know, I got three kids and my youngest is diabetic. And so I'm constantly, we're busy people, you know, you have a daughter, you know how it is. Oh yeah. I mean, it's feast or famine. You know, I came and tell you last time I, sat down with the kids and we just hung out. I mean, we eat dinner at nine o'clock. So it's personal life is, you know, you, 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 you blink and my, I swear my youngest was born yesterday and she's 12 now. Yeah. She's at the bully middle school. So it's like, you know, I, I, I can't believe you have a 12 year old. I, I can't mean, either. Your youngest one's a 12 year old. My oldest is a 12 year old. Oh, your oldest is Eight, 12. 10 and 12. Eight, 10 and 12. And, but it's like, I blink and I swear, I was just thinking about this a couple of days ago. I was driving with them in the car. I'm like having like real conversations with it's awesome. Them. I'm like, what happened to you little baby? Yeah, you want to baba? And, and, and then you're just like, wait a minute. I look at her and I'm like, listen, right now we're going to make an agreement. You're done growing. Yeah. I'm not buying you a like two a piece. Puppy. I'm not buying you a two piece baby. So you're not getting a cell phone for a good minute. Get off of that iPad, get outside and play. And I'm like, oh my God, right before my eyes, this woman is just growing up yeah. and we get on the phone and we FaceTime and I, she's in Texas right now. And I'm just like, God, man, it, life is so precious. And it's it so, that's the part of entrepreneurship that I talk to people about it a lot of like what happens to the other part of your life I failed in a marriage and now I'm very good friends with my ex-wife Melanie we're good friends now I love her new boyfriend Tony they just bought a house together he does an amazing job with Alyssa and his two boys Anthony and Dominic she they love Alyssa Melanie is the best mom in the world I'm very blessed and lucky maybe it wasn't meant to be maybe uh-huh. everything in life happens for a reason I did it the wrong way whatever but, but you learn, from you, you learn from the mistakes. And I think that that's a big part of life, yeah. business, fatherhood, whatever it is. And it's like, man, that it can become so affected so fast because I was so driven in the beginning of the brands and the businesses, yeah. which I'm on the same path. You were pretty much like, I didn't start as early as you. I just didn't start banded until 2008 and then really started gaining momentum in 10 and 2010 and 2011. But you look back and you're like, man, my daughter was born in 2010 and 
did I, what did I miss? And I vouched, I don't want to miss anymore. So yeah. I'm in, we go to volleyball and I'm not saying that I'm a perfect dad. I'm no. not saying that things don't come up. The, the, when you have kids and you have a relationship and that personal business, it's got to be a priority, but you can't lose your freaking individuality right. and your goals and your focus on success. Life is about a lot being able to juggle all this shit. The people that are good at it are successful. The people yeah. that can't juggle, they might not get to the ability to do what you do. Take yeah. your kids to Florida on a five day vacation. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Each their own. But I'm saying that what you guys have done and developed and built and and to hear you say it's still growing. I'm excited to see what the future holds. Like maybe we do talk about maybe a little Chad building taco shop out here by the flowing tide in a, in a, in a bud light, a bud light. And if you want ketchup on your tacos, you're going to get French. No, (laughs) no dude. Monster. We'll we'll go across the board. Monsters owned by Coca-Cola now, or at least part of their business. That's why their distribution is through the roof. I think they took over from Red Bull as like the biggest energy drink worldwide. When Coca-Cola bought that percentage of them. Don't know if that's, I know there's some fact behind that. Yeah. So is that where we're at now? Is like you, you own Northern Nevada and you're successful Vegas now. Is it balanced? Is it, is it, was it, when I asked you that question about Sparky's and the buyout there from golden nugget, they were part golden gaming. Now you're golden nugget, golden gaming. You're, they were part responsible for getting, talking you into coming to Vegas. Mm -hmm. Would you answer the question of, do you regret Sparky's? You said, hell no, it's one of the best moves we ever made. How do you answer the Vegas part of the question? I don't regret it. It's it's going to be a little more work. You know, we opened up the stores here. We opened up Flowing Tide 4 and 5. We had three locations here already. So we were we were successful going in. Vegas, we are a small fish in Vegas. Very small. Tiny. That place. So, so we're, we're it, the sales have increased. We've been open a little over a year now, and the sales have increased, and it's getting to where it needs to be. You know, it's just hard up here with that store down there. Do you, are you going back and forth a bunch or you got a qualified trusting employee that's there we all the time? We have a good guy there. And then um, Jason is actually is down there today. Jason's down there today. Mm-hmm. So you fly down, it's a 50 minute mm-hmm. flight. You fly back the same day probably or you He'll spend a couple Wednesday. days. Yeah. He comes back Wednesday. So we, we kind of rotate going back now. We got a good good guy down there who Jason and him went to Reno High together and to UNLV. So they've been friends forever. Very good guy. And uh, kind of just, it's, it's a different market, Vegas. It's nothing like up here. You know, down there, there's a quote-unquote flowing tide in every corner. Or Everywhere PTs or uh, something or another. Which brings up the two names that are going synonymously with the bar business in America right now. John Taffer. John, Have you heard God. of this man? <laughs> this dude is like the Gordon Never. Ramsay. Now, look. He's a Vegas dude. He's whatever. Now, they. I just saw that they... He's just, got a new show coming out on marriage counseling. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? This dude saved Guido's bar down on 10th Street, and yes. now he can save your marriage? Exactly. I mean, come on. Like, who is going to qualify this dude? I'm not saying John Taffer's not a genius. He might have an IQ of 158. I don't know. But he goes in and just light. And it, I, I don't like to the show. Like, it can't be what, what we see on TV. The cookie cutter routine of what he does, and he stands out there and does his, what does he call it? When he, when he, the unveiling? No, he's, no, when he spies on him. What does he oh, call that? Uh, I know the word it's escaping me right now, but he brings in recon. He calls it recon. It's it's a war, but dude, these places are got like mice running out and horses pissing and shitting on the floor. And it's like more exaggerating to it. I mean, it's, it's TV. Exactly. But, but you go to these places. I've been around these bars, like one in Boston where he went in and it showed the the bar rescue that, Oh, it was Uh, one of the bars kind of out by you. I forget the name of it. It's still open. It was a, uh, 
It's kind of over between here and Wingfield-ish area. David's? No, it's no, no, no. It's I forget the name of it, but he did a. Oh, I need to see it. Mm-hmm. He really did. So John Taffer comes in. He's got this show called Bar Rescue, and I'm watching it like. He goes in here and it's like three Italian sisters that are destroyed, killing themselves or two Irish brothers that hate each other. And it's right. like, I get the drama behind it. But for one reason or another, it's captivating because of the bar business. It's that nightlife. It's that partying life. It's like, how do people make a living in this and be successful with it at the same time? And he goes in and he reconstructs the bar, gives them a new theme, By changes the, way, the he name. he redoes it in 36 hours. Yeah. Like, I'm not buying it. How does this all work, right? It, no But way. people are engaged in the show. Great show. Because the engagement of a bar it's a fucking george went norm you want to go where everybody knows your name corner bar woody harrelson and sam malone i mean this show was diane. the yeah diane and then kirstie alley came in as uh what's her name but the neighborhood bar the pub yep. it's so significant with america it's so responsible for so many uh-ohs it's so responsible for so many hell yeahs and high fives and yep. smiles and tears and you gotta you know toby keith talks about you know knowing your bartender and there's other country songs about what bartenders see and what they witness and there's nowhere better in a world besides duck camp than probably your local pub yep. i'm not saying that that church and Caicos or turks and Caicos, church and Caicos, turks and Caicos isn't awesome but your local pub means a lot to somebody now that's what the responsibility you guys are taking on it's a badass business that's engaging it's cool as shit dude and you're living it you're 44 years old and you're kicking ass and you've been doing it for a while now long time it's a badass deal it's fun but but there's a lot crap literally you know one of the stores today bathroom broke the 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 toilet the toilet yeah trying to use the lingo but i mean crap like that you deal with all the time it's and it's the same in any business you know you just you got to be on top of it trust micromanaging stuff you just got to make it happen but it's 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 a fun business any regrets in the business at all not one bullshit come on dude um no i mean it's like every night when i go to bed i regret stuff all, all all day long but no, I mean, all in all, you know, it's, it's, it's a solid business. It's, yeah, I mean. Do you still love the bar business? Love the bar business. Why am I getting a weird read on you right now? No, it's, it's good. It's just, it's like, it's. Stressful and. Very stressful. You know, so, hey, it's feast or famine. Did you ever get to a point in your bar ownership career to where you were abusing alcohol? Nope. Never did. How nope. hard is that? It's very hard. There's How a lot hard of people. The that, party is there. You see it on Taffer show, like shots and party. You're there. I can't say no. I guess I can't say no. There are, there so are, be transparent with me. Was it tough at one time? There, there's been phases, especially younger. You know, I'm 28 years old. I'm partners with Jason. We own the flowing tide. Like the, You're uh, drinking your profits. Damn it. I wouldn't say drinking my profits. And I would never say abusing like from the flowing tide. It would be like I'd be drinking other places kind of deal now my drinking i hardly ever drink Just three kids i don't have time so when you're in there you don't even get like the niche like is the best bartender in the world one that doesn't drink absolutely really well i wouldn't say that i mean they still need to know their product you know you can't go to bartender hey, what yeah they need to be, be so you to very smoke. rarely drink alcohol and liquor anymore correct but you're not sober no you're not against it no not at all you love no, it that's what i do for a living right but you don't have the time. You're past that point in your life to where you don't need that high or right. that buzz anymore. I mean, you know, I'll go golf and have a couple of beers here or there. Go to Vegas. Bud Lights. Absolutely. French fries. With <laughs> hunts. <laughs> <laughs> 
but no, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying I'm against drinking. I, I still drink here and there, but I just don't. Have you seen it destroy people's lives in the 17 years? Absolutely. Does it kind of fade you away from it, it? It makes me sad. We had a close friend that it really affected that just passed away, uh, not too long ago that was on it for a while, I believe. Which one? We'll say it off, off, off microphone, but I just have seen it affect people's lives to where you pray that you never, ever succumb to alcoholism. Well, it's, it's everything in moderation. Here's my biggest fear. And I don't want people to think like, I, I don't go out and get hammered or I mean, I have, yeah. but I don't want to quit drinking. Right. I, I look at that as like a, a fun time social deal no, where I don't, I'm not going to go in a closet when you leave here and tip back a old bottle of Carlo Rossi and just right. get stoned out of my mind. I'm, don't, right. I'm not that guy. Right. But I like to cook on a Friday night over a Traeger with a butt, cold Bud Light and freaking be around socializing and, and, and being part of it. I love it. Me too. Alcohol in America is so important no, to it, what it, is, it's, what's it's, built the fabric of our It's system. everything in moderation. You know, you have some beers at night. Fine. But, but even when you're moderate with alcohol, they, there's still these studies that you're considered an alcoholic based on, in you know, how many alcoholic beverages you have a week. And I'm like, that ain't true, dude. No, I don't like that study. I've never let it affect me, my no. personal or my business life or... And I don't know, looking back, like if there's been instances where judge, bad judgments were made, I'm sure there has, but that's part Absolutely. of growing up. Yeah. But to see somebody get to the point to where they have to quit, not saying that that's not honorable... Huh. But that would suck to me. And I'm not saying that it doesn't have to happen. No, In a lot of instances, those, it needs to happen. And it, it happens. I mean, Personally, I don't want that to happen. Right, right, right. And I wouldn't, wouldn't want that either. But it's like it's, you know, you never know what's going on with someone in their life. You know, who knows why they're drinking or, and there's nothing wrong with drinking. I mean, it's. Kids sure do put it in perspective though, yeah. don't they? Oh, they, they change your outlook. You don't life. even want to take a chance. No, especially with my youngest. Like I, you know, I have so much involved with her insulin that I don't want there to ever be a question. Like look back and say. Would I have done it differently if, if my head was, wasn't clouded yeah, or something? That's how so, I am now. So it's kind of like, you know, and, and that's came with. You want to set a good, you want to set a good example. Exactly. Like, I don't want my kids to see me falling over drunk and shit. No. It's like, you know, but they'll see their dad have a beer here or there. Nothing wrong you know, with that. No, it's, we'll go out to dinner. I'll have a beer with them. You know, I don't even, them. I don't even like being around people that are stumbling and falling. No. Like I go to the flowing tide. I want to be, I want to be schmoozing and rubbing elbows with people that can comprehend and talk yeah. and the rowdiness. And I get it. Like I talk a lot, but I don't want to be that. Effing, I just, I keep going back to that example because it's almost like that you, I don't want to be in that situation. And that might be why I've, I'm just kind of like, man, I ain't even going, I'm not even going to mess with it. I become so anal and so maybe, Maybe pampered. I hate that. Like prima donna-ish to where I don't even want to go to a concert anymore because of the 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 rift raft and the the, right. the 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 whole the fighting and the egos and all that shit. It's just like and and I was probably that way when I was oh, that age. You were. <laughs> it, it's like you I forget. I've known you for a long a time. long time, and I'm not afraid to admit it that we all go through that stage. But now I have the choice of whether or not. But it's almost like who am I to not go to these things? And no, and it's 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 you know we've grown up. You know, it's the, a lot of the people that do it are the younger generation, and we've been there before. We've, we were those guys. Are you then. afraid of dying when you're 44? When do we start being afraid to die? I think, um, no, no, no. I don't think 44 is old, Moscow. No, I don't either. I feel great. I do too. Well, some mornings I feel like I'm a hundred, but then I'll walk <laughs> over and fart on my kid's head and I'm like, well, look, you're, you're 44, but you act like you're 19. Yeah, but you act like you're 19. Um, I just, I, man, kudos to you guys. I, I'd like to sit down with you and Talati and, oh, and, and have a lunch and just talk huh. about it. I just, I love success, man. I love hard work and dedication and passion and the outcome. It's like, like a business like Wade and Dave's. Like, they have a great product they put out too. But 
it's boring as fuck. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to cuss, but they're perfect for it. Huh. And they're, they could sell that company. I bet you they, that's worth some money. Oh, dude, they, it's like, amazing. it's not even a question. You know, uh, we, we they're, they're, they're so smart. I no, love those two guys. They're good. They're, uh, they're, they do a good job. But I will be damned if I'm going to sit in a cubicle like Wade Platts and he's so happy doing it. Yeah. He's got his 44 ounce soda there, his tumbler cup, and he's typing and he kicks ass. Dave DeRose is the same and way. He has like three screens. Three screens, and, and like, they're like Iron Man. They're like how Iron do you Man. Drag from this screen to that screen, and Wade's like, watch this. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. He's Iron Man, dude. He's Tony, whatever his name I'm is. Like, Tony wow. Mol- what was his name? Tony, whatever. But that business is not the bar business. No. But you're successful. They got great families. They kick ass. I love them to death. I'm not saying anything about their business, but there's something about that bar business, man, that just is so intriguing to see that sign light up. And I think that's why people become engaged with Taffer yeah. shit. It's like, whoa, look at this. He changed the chairs and the floor. No, people he are put watching this to see when he gets his ass kicked. That's, that's, that'll that's, never show. He's a big dude, dude. I know, but People still. are scared shitless of that no, dude. No, but there's got to be some off-the-camera crap. Because uh, the, he, the, the the show is done so cookie cutter and generic in a lot of ways where it's so predictable. And then they do the highlight reel where he brings them back in and you're just like, dude, stop. Just stop with the Taffer. Yeah. But he's successful with it's it, like man. It's like cheaters. He's, building, he's probably 55, 60 years oh, old. Yeah. And he's building it. He's becoming a celebrity now because he goes in like like Gordon Ramsay did and rip like Hell's Kitchen guy. Like he throws like Chinese stars at people and mm-hmm. axes and shit and like then gets them to listen to him about how to cook clam chowder. He did one with, I forget what it is, but the guy on the bar was ginormous. I'm like, you're going to get your ass whooped. And he just, and I guarantee he did off camera because this guy played the, I mean, it was. He's got to get lit up sometimes that they don't show on that deal. But now I see him at ringside for all the fights and he's a big time celebrity. Yeah, it's weird. Off of of the Hallmark chant, not Hallmark, but I don't even know what they changed. It used to be Spike TV and now it's uh, not Hallmark, but Paramount. Is that what it is? Is it Paramount? I don't know. I don't know, but Bar Rescue is a successful show, dude. And he's Great. going into another season and he's got this marriage counseling <laughs> shit going. He's a counselor now, <laughs> too. Marriage he's probably going to, all of his couples, he's probably the couples that own all these bars that have fell out. One of them is. I saw the previews for it. It's one of the bars. They showed one of them, the couple, how their marriage almost failed because their restaurant almost failed. So, so he well, idea. Good for him. So there you have it, guys. The saga, the story of the Flowing Tide Pub. Jason Talati, my buddy Justin Moscow, who joined us today in the studio. This life ain't for everybody. It can be done. It can be achieved. This dude worked at Domino's. He worked at the Keystone freaking McDonald's. I remember going in there when he worked there. He worked at TGI Fridays for 10 years, moved across the country from Nevada to Connecticut to run a store where we got to serve beers to Chris Berman. Back, 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 gone. And he's made it. The Flowing Tide is kicking ass. Him and Talati have something to be proud of. They've bought out other bars. They've turned them into the Flowing Tide theme. They've stuck to their roots. They've stayed focused. They stayed in their lane. Quality food, quality service, clean atmosphere, awesome bartenders, awesome selection of living liquor and beer, Bud Light being on tap in every one of their stores, 365, 24-7. Some of their stores are open 24-7. Some of them are only open till two, but they're kicking ass. The food is great. If you're in the area, Vegas, Reno, the state of Nevada, not Nevada, check them out. Flowing Tide, is there a website? www www.flowingtidepub.com Check them out guys, follow them on their Instagram, on their social media they got it going on and I'm telling you if you want a great place to hold an event get a hold of Justin or Jason and do it at the Flowing Tide. Or call Chad and he'll get a hold of me. Yeah, or I'll get it lined (laughs) up for you. I'm good at putting together events. I'm getting better. 
today's episode, North American Whitetail Championships 2019, NAWTC.com. Get signed up, 300 bucks for your chance to qualify and win $50,000 cash money. 14 regions across America and Canada, all archery, all the time. Tell them Foul Life and Chad sent you. They love us over there. Wicked Outfitters in the great state of Kansas. It's not just a flyover state. That's where Dorothy clicked her heels and wanted to get back to, by the way, you Wizard of Oz fans, as well as brought to you by... Michael Waddell, the main man, the best on-air hunting celebrity of all time, in my opinion, the best hunting show host of all time, Michael Waddell's Bone Collector, is bringing you the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships. Go after that big old whitetail buck deer munching on clover and get you some of that cash money. Also brought to you by Elk Ridge Evolution. Stay sharp, America. Stay classy, San Diego. What movie? Anchorman. Anchorman. Elk Ridge Evolution, I love them. I don't go anywhere without a pocket knife, a folding knife. Sometimes I even put one on my belt, y'all, with a sheath. But I always got one in my blind bag in my truck. You never know when you're going to need to cut something. Not somebody when you're going to have to butcher, process, or cook a meal, serve a meal. I love all their knives. Also brought to you by all of our friends at Gator Coolers, Louisiana, the Cajun Boys. I've eaten their boudin. I've eaten their gumbo. They had threw down on some gumbo in Nashville in February at Leith Lawton's house in his backyard that would make you slap yo mama. I'm, they might have even used the slap yo mama spice. I love that spice. It's not as good as Tony Chassery's. I think that's how you pronounce it, but both of them are from Louisiana, and I love them. So Gator Coolers, Brian, Mitch, you guys rock it. Thank you so much for the partnership at The Foul Life, and this life ain't for everybody and all of our social media. You can check us out, season 11. June and July, we go to air. We premiere season 11 of The Foul Life brought to you by Benelli. Thank you, Benelli, for everything you do for The Foul Life. Guys, check out our websites, thefoullife.com, thislifeaintforeverybody.com, and jargon2gamecalls.com, banded.com, and averyoutdoors.com. For everything hunting and outdoors, we hope we have you covered. Thank you so much for everything that you do for all of our brands here. We're very humbled by it. We'll be right back with another awesome guest in studio tomorrow. is four-time X Games gold medalist, three-time World Cup winner, and two-time Olympian and gold medal in the Olympic Games and freestyle skiing. He's been on here before. Mr. David Weiss, fresh off a trip to Austria, came back with a broken femur with a hellacious accident that he's going to lay down and tell us all about. And the day after that, we got Mr. Cameron Zink coming back in, extreme mountain biker who's ready to go for that world record of 150-foot backflip off of a ramp 150 feet through the air not just to jump and landing but doing a backflip in between jumping and landing crazy mofo can't wait to talk to him david wise and cam zinc coming up again on this week of this life ain't for everybody justin moscove any closing words my man thanks for having me buddy can't wait to have you back buddy congratulations on all the success let's go get some chicken pasta salad and not a jack and coke and not no freaking french's french's ketchup (laughs) i can't get over it we're gonna get that change y'all this is chad belling tom rashashin please hit that button play that song that we've all come to love leith lofton written by himself and drake white what you gonna do when the money's all gone what you gonna do when the money's all gone peace y'all Say life on earth won't last that long What you gonna do when the money's all gone